Michael Menatan and Metal Fan Club sur Fibar Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? You can hear me. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on the mic. Oh, rock it, rock in the mic. <laughs> rock, he rocked the microphone. He saw um, that. Uh, here's my. Oh, I was just looking around for my tea. I've got my tea. You got um, water? Yeah, just. Uh, got, I haven't got any water. Oh no. No one's watered me today. No. Do you want to water? <laughs> um, no, nah, I'm all right for water. Uh, but just but get me a water just in case, actually. I can see someone on their way out the door to get me some water. That's um, nice. That's to, nice. Uh, you're listening to Nick Helm and... Nathaniel Metcalfs. Sorry, I've done it wrong. Michael and Nathaniel Metcalfs on Fibar Radio. You're listening to Nick and... Nathaniel Metcalfs. Sorry, I gave them way too much <laughs> explanation. Uh, Nick and Nathaniel Metcalfs. Five uh, star. Five fan star club. family fun club. <laughs> fan club. Um, my name is Nick and this is Nathaniel Metcalfs. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what we're doing. Um, so, uh, and uh, the first rule of fan club is. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about fan club. Oh. And uh, the second rule of fan club is please just just go just tell on. your friends. Tell your friends. So uh, today is Valentine's Day. It is. Is that why you've got super cute written on the side of your uh, <laughs> diet coke? Uh, I put it on the side of everything. <laughs> you should you should see my knob. Um, so <laughs> so um, uh, no, I'm drinking diet coke. Oh, do you know what? I've lost half a stone. Have you? Yeah. What, how have you done what do you that? Mean, have you? Can't you tell by looking at me? Well, what, since last week? My, I saw you on Tuesday. If you've lost half a stone since then, it's probably... Since... You've um, probably had some terrible diarrhoea. No. Since... No, not had diarrhoea. It's a week and a half. <laughs> you've lost half a stone? Mm. Is that easy? I don't know. I don't really weigh myself. It's been surprising, probably should do. It's been surprisingly easy. Okay. And what, just by doing nothing, you haven't been trying to do it? Why uh, have you been trying? Yeah, I've been trying. I've just oh, been yeah. eating less. Okay. Well, not eating this. I. You don't get hungry, though, do you? Some people. Well, I do get hungry. I just don't eat. Well, that's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like. Um, but it's. Uh, but I, I. You know, I don't overeat. Is the thing. I like. So I have a friend, David Trent, who mm-hmm. used to eat until he was in pain, <laughs> and I've always had a threshold where, as soon as I'm full, I stop eating. That's a good idea. I can go beyond that. Sometimes I can. Um, you know. What. Well, what I do have a tendency to do is drink uh, a lot of Fanta whilst eating ginger nut biscuits and watching The Irishman. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think that... Every day? Every day. <laughs> I just always set aside three and a half hours a day to sit watch down the and watch my favourite three Italians pretend to be an <laughs> Irishman. Um, uh no, that's why I think I was just sort of like I, I went through for a period over Christmas to, that, where I wasn't moving at all. But I didn't, I, like I said, didn't overeat. I'd sort of like get halfway through a meal and I'd be like, "Well, I'm not going to eat. My, I'm not going to eat a meal. I'm finished. I'll have, but this is delicious because I made it. <laughs> so I'll have the rest as leftovers tomorrow." Okay. And well, then I'd get up you. in the morning, my family had fucking eaten it all, and I'd be like, "Right, that's another Christmas dinner that I haven't eaten." <laughs> um, so, no, very bad. I think so I, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I don't think I leave. You know, I'd feel rude leaving a plate of food half finished, even if I'd made it. <laughs> if you'd made it, <laughs> oh. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, but also, I'm a bit like I don't. Do that, I know there's that thing that when you eat, you've got to wait. Is it half an hour to know whether you're full or not? Because sometimes I go, I'll finish eating something and go, I could probably have a pack of crisps as well. Yeah. And then you go, but actually, if I'd waited, I wouldn't have needed them. Um, I don't know. There's no look. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I am overweight. So it seems a bit foolish to put myself in a position where I'm giving out advice. But you've just lost, uh, what is it? Um, what was it again? Half a stone. Half a stone. That's good, isn't it? I think in it's a week and a half? Slightly, slightly more than half a stone. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how quickly that, you can lose. I don't know if lose. that's humanly possible. I, I just think, so what could it be? Could it just be the fact that I'm... I'm I'm not, a high metabolism. You haven't done anything this week that would suggest. I've been very. I'm very stressed at the moment. Could be that. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, I'm not like cutting down. Well, I am cutting down on, on what I'm eating, but I'm being very basically not eating carbs. But I'm not doing the carnivore diet or Atkins or anything like that. You just try not to have carbs. Well, I'm just not eating rice and bread and pasta. They're some of the best things, though, aren't they? They are, but I'm only doing it for 30 days. Yeah. And I'm always pissed off about how fat I am and how, how, how miserable I feel. Yeah. And I think and it snapped in my head the other day that it's not about... Um, you don't have to make, like, uh, a huge sacrifice and commitment for the rest of your life. But if you're unhappy about yourself... You can do something over a short amount of time to sort of try and fix that. We're all sort of like um, fluid. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of like there's no kind of. I think you get to a point where you just look in the mirror and you go, you, you go, oh, this is who I am now. And that's not true. You can be anything you want to be, within reason. Mm. So I was just thinking, I'm unhappy with how I look and I'm unhappy with how I feel about myself, and I just thought. Oh, I'll give myself a designated amount of time and I will uh, try and change that and <laughs> I've had surprisingly quick results <laughs> and you go oh right that's alright I think does that actually often happen with, with uh, weight loss stuff I think probably. it goes and then it goes slower afterwards because it's like probably I think that it's probably a shock to the system where yeah. it's oh god what's going on yeah where's my bread yeah. Where's my rice? But to be honest, I, I mean, I, I don't eat bread. I don't really go for pasta. I fucking love rice. This is one of the most boring things I think has ever been broadcast. <laughs> but I really love rice. You really love I'm rice. I'm obsessed with rice. I'm not obsessed with it. Oh, I'm thinking about it now. I find rice a bit of a bore like to What make. are you fuck? Oh, yeah, to make, sure. Mm. But fucking hell. Oh, I like a rice. Oh, what's your favourite rice? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I get? I get sport for choice with rice. Absolutely. And I also think like you can have any rice. I always You're listening to Five Star Family Fan Club. <laughs> it's a rice special. The rice special. The rice man coming. <laughs> <laughs> rice to see you. To see oh, you. No. Rice. <laughs> it's it's Mr. Rice. Dr. Rice. I'm doing uh, Batman and Robin. There we go. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Rice Age. <laughs> I think you've read that wrong, Arnold. Could you go again? Um, 
That makes more sense. What killed the dinosaurs the Ice Age? <laughs> You've got to wait for, the, for them to think over the question a little bit, Arnold. <laughs> you can't just... Oh, he got, because he normally does one-liners. Yeah, that's the problem with that joke <laughs> it's a, and that film. It's but the response. problem with that that joke is it's call and response. <laughs> so really, what he needs to go? What could the dinosaurs and Batman and Robin have to go? I don't know. <laughs> what did kill the dinosaurs? And then he has to go. The Ice Age. It's not a one-liner. No. It, re- it requires a certain uh, input yeah. from its audience. And weirdly, that film wouldn't be out of place if Batman and Robin did say. <laughs> I don't know what did kill the <laughs> Or if there was some sort of like moment within uh, the delivery for them to actually just do like a reaction shot. Yeah. What killed the dinosaurs? And then Batman and Robin go, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Ice Age. And they go, oh, Mr. Oh, Freeze. Because you're Mr. Yeah. Gotcha. And then he throws a dinosaur because yeah. they're in the natural his- Gotham's Natural History Museum. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we, we, I digress. <laughs> uh, rice. Rice. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to, let's get back to... Do you know what, we've got so much to talk about, but I, I literally, we, just before we started, I was just like, we've got so much to talk about. And, uh, and now we've gone off on a fucking, we've got, we've got two guests, and we've both seen, but what is your favourite rice? I'm intrigued. Well, I get, because I, I always feel like I'm supposed to have certain things with certain things in restaurants, and I never know, like... Do you know, I get a bit embarrassed because I go, am I allowed to have this rice with this, this, Why would you get this embarrassed? Main? Like, what are you talking about? Like, like certain things are example. meant to have, like, because it'll be like... Am I, allowed, am I allowed this risotto with this spaghetti But let's carbonara? say I've gone for a Korean, no, I've gone for a Korean meal. Yeah, sure. And they've gone, oh, sticky, rice. sticky rice. Do you want some sticky rice? Do you want some plain boiled rice? Do you want some, uh, um, Egg fried coconut, rice? did I say Co- coconut? No, you haven't said coconut. Coconut rice. And then I go, well, I've got my mate. It's almost like wine. I don't know about wine. I go, what goes with it? Plain rice is there for people that are on a diet. Is it really? I reckon. I think it's just there. I I was talking to uh, Tim Key, Mm -hmm. and he says uh, when he goes out for an Indian meal, he never orders pilau rice. Yeah. Uh, because uh, he doesn't want the extra calories. Fucking hell, this is a great showbiz exclusive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if we're now bringing in other people, what their opinion is of rice. Yeah, mate, I'm obsessed with rice. If you want to know... Uh, if you want to know what Tim Key... He'll never be a guest on this show, but <laughs> if, if you want to know what Tim Key thinks of rice, just ask me. <laughs> um, uh, I know. Uh, he has plain boiled rice when he goes out for a curry. Wow, that's yeah. a great thing. We've got two guests on. We can ask them later. Well, what we will ask them. Rice. It's fucking Valentine's Day, or as I like to call it, Rice, rice Day. day. <laughs> <laughs> Have a rice day. <laughs> um. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I think plain boiled rice is there if you don't want any extra stuff, you know. But you, gotcha. you, but you want that some makes rice. sense. I think sticky rice is if it's on the fucking menu, Nat, you're allowed to order it. I know, but I feel like it's that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, but uh, you stop worrying about that. Thanks, Nick. You're, just as you are, yeah? Thank you. Just as you are, Bridge. Just as you are, right? You, you don't need to worry about that. That's one thing that you can take out of your... This is my Valentine's Day gift to you. Do you know what? It is a weight off my mind. Just take that off your fucking things to do list and just don't worry about it ever again. If you're yeah. in a restaurant and you want some rice, then just order whatever rice you want, all right? Yeah. That's from Natalie me. put up a thing before she's just deleted, and quite right too. 
She put a thing saying, Cuss Cuss is better. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. Controversial. It's not controversial. It's just, you know, it's bold as brass of her to actually uh, <laughs> go around parading that she's a cunt. <laughs> Cuss Cuss is better. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. Then rice. <laughs> no, it's similar in uh, an absorbency way, but uh, it doesn't have the personality. <laughs> 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 There's a bit of me thinks we should move on. Another bit of me going, oh, let's stick with let's rice. Let's see how long we can. Let's see how long rice. we can talk about rice. Um, my favorite. Oh, do you know what I always? Um, so sometimes when you go out for a, a curry, mm-hmm. you'll have pinot rice with orange bits in. Yeah. Oh yeah. But sometimes when you order it in, mm-hmm. I've never seen this in a restaurant. So if you've seen it in a restaurant, guys. Write it right in and let us know. But I've never seen it in a restaurant. But sometimes when you get a takeaway, uh, it has green and orange in it. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, I think, yeah, like little bits of something. Like a sort of parsley bit, right? No, I think it's just dyed green rice. Oh, no. No, Mm. I don't know if I've seen a green rice. Green and orange. It's sort of like a a, a medley of colours. Yeah. um, Like Tic Tacs. Green and orange. Lime and orange Tic Tacs. I just thought it was absolutely fucking... (laughs) Do you think we're gaining listeners or losing them? I think we're gaining them. We had a real opportunity this week because... Well, no, we've got some... uh, got a genuine megastar coming on. (laughs) And they're all going to tune in and go, what's this shit? But we need them. If they're going to stay... If they're going to stay fan clubbers, they need to get on board with the rice. You've just got to get on board with the fucking format, guys. It's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit guests. Also, if they were... (laughs) The thing is, if they're they're a non-regular guest, a non-regular listener, sorry, and they're listening on the podcast, they would know at what point the guest would be likely to come in so they could fast forward. But these newbies who are only tuning into this one would be like, well, they've got to listen to the whole thing. Or I guess they're skipping forward, aren't they, 15 seconds? They're not skipping forward. Well, I don't know. Maybe they love rice. Who doesn't love rice? Who doesn't like rice? (laughs) Do you know what my favourite line in any film is? (laughs) No, I can't think. It's the bit in Sleepless in Seattle right. when uh, Tom Hanks's date comes over and makes potatoes and the kid <laughs> goes to bed. I remember this bit. And he's yeah. rude to her about the potatoes. Oh, yes. And Tom Hanks turns around and goes, we're rice men. <laughs> That's my favourite line in any movie ever made. I love rice. The Great Wall of China is held together with sticky rice. Of course it is. Of course it is. Is that true? It's true. It's genuinely true. Didn't have cement back then. There are more than. But they did have sticky rice. Forty thousand varieties of rice. The, gar- the grass species, Arisa sativa, said to exist, but the exact figure is uncertain. Over ninety thousand samples of cultivated rice and wild Can species you are stored. Read it like you're not at reading the international it. International Rice Gene Bank. You're sort of like when you're reading it out loud, you're reading it to yourself. <laughs> you're going, so more than forty thousand, and you need to have more. Like a, do it again. Hang on. I'll do the next bit, shall I? I'll no, do, no do, the, do the first bit. Oh, you've bit. got to fill time. <laughs> no, we don't have to fill time. We've got too much to get through. There are more than 40 varieties of rice. 40,000 varieties. <laughs> Fucking hell. There are more than 40, <laughs> Fuck me. There are more than 40,000 varieties of rice. The grass species, Oritsa sativa, said to exist. But the exact figure is uncertain. Over 90,000 samples of cultivated rice and wild species are stored at the International Rice Gene Bank. There was a bit of problem with the brackets there. 
because um, it he, wasn't he, clear where the brackets. He didn't really infer that there was brackets there. Okay, there are more than forty thousand varieties of rice, the grass species Aritsa sativa, said to exist. So, so again, is that better? So, no, because it's more like there are more than forty thousand varieties of rice, the grass species Aritsa sativa, <laughs> said on. to exist. Do you know what I mean? No, you're quite. It's, it's an aside. Yeah. But you, but you're saying so. I'm saying there are more than forty thousand varieties of rice. The grass species rice of sativa, said to exist. And what you're saying is there are more than forty thousand varieties of rice. The grass species rice. I didn't say it like that. You said the, the the first time you did. Second time you went. There are more than forty thousand varieties of rice. The grass species rice of sativa said to exist. Did I? I didn't do a close bracket. You didn't close the brackets. Right. Off. Okay. One more go, and then right. we'll move on to something else. There are more than 40,000 varieties of rice. The grass species Arisa sativa, said to exist. Nailed it. Thank you. Absolutely nailed it. Look, Can I'm I do sorry, the audio book? I'm sorry I was uh, hard on you, Batman. No, no. I, I think said I've hard got... on. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I'm You're so... thinking about rice again, aren't you? And I'm you've so... associated it with hard uh, ones. Yeah, fucking hell. Four. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ram my rice grain in you. That's that's my chat up line. <laughs> uh, do you know when people do like they put people's <laughs> names on a grain of rice? Mm. Why? I don't really understand that. Just because it's it's small. What's the? Is it a skill? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you've answered your own question here. I now. suppose. Come on, don't be. But I'm sorry, I was hard on you, but then I'm just, I'm just. Uh, but you know, you didn't enjoy it. Uh-huh. You felt like you were being got out. Yeah. But. No, do you know what? Together. I was interested because I don't really know how. Like, I was trying to work out how I sound. Oh, it's always good to. Uh, it's, it's just, but it's helpful. Helpful n- nudging you to be better. Do you know what I mean? A better broadcaster. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be here forever. Rice is good for years. <laughs> just carried on like Un- that. Just like unless it's brown. Uncooked a- white rice will stay fresh and edible for anywhere between ten and thirty years, depending on how it's stored. Why right? did you do Christopher Lee? <laughs> you just went like, why don't you do that? Why well, do that whenever there's brackets? Whenever there's brackets, yeah. you do Christopher yeah. Lee. The part of how it's stored. Rice is good for years unless it's brown. Uncooked white rice will stay fresh and edible for anywhere between 10 and 30 years, depending on how it is stored. <laughs> like that. That's great. Like That's a good system. Like he's reading over We've your fucking shoulder. Um, or they disagreeing, so he's gone. Rice is good for 30 years, Chris, unless it's brown. Uncooked rice will stay fresh and edible for anywhere between 10 and 30 years. Um, and, and depending on how it's stored. <laughs> but he's like, he's, he knows about rice as well, and he's chipping in to go, well, well, actually, that depends on, on how it's stored, surely. Yes, Christopher! <laughs> Derek Jacoby's joining That'd be in. good. They should have had him pop up in for an episode. <laughs> Absolutely, when he was... That was, a, that was a missed opportunity. Never happened now. <laughs> Never happened now. Speaking of Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. what do you know about this Beatles Lord of the Rings film that they were going to make? I don't know anything about it. So in the in the, in the late sixties, when they were all in India, yeah, the Beatles were uh, asked to do uh, Lord of the Rings as their follow up to help. Right. Right. Okay. And you go fine, sure. I can absolutely imagine that. In a way, I can't mm. imagine the quality of the film, but I can imagine. I can imagine all being a bit mystical and a bit like, oh yeah, it's all like dragons and uh, a bit. I can see because Lord of the Rings got, had a bit of a revival at that point, but didn't it? Was it Ralph Bashki? 
Yeah, Ralph Bakshi. Bakshi. I can, I can never get this. But Ralph Bakshi, uh, so he did Lord of the Rings. The he animated did, yeah. Lord of the Rings. And I can imagine it being like a similar quality. What happened with that was that he was making the film and then they ran out of budget. Mm. And he was going to make a follow-up. But he basically only made half the book and it was in an hour and a half and it was an animated thing. But it was rotoscoped, so mm-hmm. they'd film real actors and then they'd animate over it. Um, and before that got made, they were going to make a Beatles one with Lord of the Rings, and you go, right, okay, of course. Then the, the four hobbits. Yeah. That's not what they were going to do. What were they going to do? Well, okay, uh, so two of them were... <laughs> Paul was Frodo. Right. Right. This yeah. is how they were in India and they were doing all the things, and this is how they <laughs> designated the roles. Paul was Frodo. Right. Uh, John was Gollum. <laughs> George was Gandalf, <laughs> and Ringo was Sam. <laughs> What's yeah. he got to do with Christopher Lee? Because Christopher Lee was in fucking Lord of the Rings. Oh right, but he wasn't. He wasn't doing anything. Well, I was man. talking to the Beatles well, when I was in India, and they were telling me about the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, so I was thinking of being Frodo. <laughs> I can see that. I can see. I can see. You just make them all fucking. Yeah, make them the hobbits. Make them the fucking hobbits. And yeah. you've got the Beatles in the whole. And you'd have other right? like character actors popping in and being the other characters. Yeah, but like it's just absolutely insane. You go, Paul's Frodo. Yeah. And then John's going to be Gollum. What? Yeah. <laughs> so he's in it for ten minutes. George, he's the youngest one, right? So who's he going to play? <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> right. Fucking mental. I'd um, love it to exist, though. So we both went to see The Lighthouse last week. No, well, we did separately. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we did. I mean, I'm not lying to the... <laughs> What are you doing? You're lying to the to the listeners. We just, for, just for listeners to know, that I didn't go with you. <laughs> we didn't go together. No, we only go and see films aimed at women together. <laughs> we, we, we see Little Women and Emma. Yeah, that's what we go and see together. <laughs> we both cried our eyes out. <laughs> um, so we went to the. I went to the lighthouse. With, I went with my mum and dad. I didn't go with Nat. I'm a cool dude. Um, uh, went to see the lighthouse. And uh, what did you think? I liked The Lighthouse a lot. Um, I, it's the director, the guy did The, the Witch. Witch. And What's his name? David Eggers? Uh, Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. David Eggers is the author, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I was aware like the, the Witch is all kind of... It's meant to be everything super accurate to, to the, uh, the time. It's meant to be um, all the costumes, everything, all the language... It's sort of heavily researched and things. And I think that is probably true of The Lighthouse as well. But I found, I was sort of surprised at how much of it is a bit kind of, uh, uh, it's a bit shiver me timbers. Um, uh, I, I thought, uh, I, didn't, I didn't particularly like The Witch. I liked it. I found it, uh, I, but I, I watched it, I think I watched it on Netflix or maybe, I okay. can't remember how I saw it, but it was on telly. It was on my TV. I saw it in my living room. And I think I was probably a little bit distracted, but also I'd seen it after all of the hype. Right. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't find this at all affecting. And I didn't think it was shit. I thought it was absolutely one million percent well made. Yeah. But um, well acted. Oh, my God. It's period accurate. Great. But um, it, it didn't affect me in any way. And I was just like, but then I was watching it with my girlfriend at the time. And she talked all the way through it. That won't help. That won't help. 
Uh, so, so I don't know. I don't know. I prefer The Witch. I think I'm in a minority, oh, though. really? I prefer The Witch. I, yeah. I really like The Lighthouse. And, uh, it's stylized. It's, uh, yeah. The, the light, uh, the, I think The Witch is very much kind of like, it's not like a documentary, but it's kind of like, it's very uh, realistic mm-hmm. and its aim is to be um, period. True to, yeah, and true. true to the period. And um, I think that a lot of the a lot of the dialogue and also accents were all muddled these, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it's kind of like uh, British the British accent used to be very American yeah. you know um, uh, so uh, I think that the, the, uh, there are moments in it where you go what accent are either of you doing I think I, I really liked it I think I was just a bit like I was sort of expecting something slightly different whereas actually I wasn't expecting it to be so funny either you know I wasn't expecting like it was like oh it's really funny I was it? expecting it to be funny which is weird okay. I, when it first when it first um, got announced that it was coming out and I saw sort of I didn't see clips but I'd seen sort of like I'd seen some sort of thing I assumed it was a comedy and then people saying it's a horror film, and you go, oh, is it? And then oh, yeah. what was interesting about it was I watched it. There's a bit when there's a seagull tapping on the window, mm-hmm. and I'd just um, been watching loads of YouTube uh, videos of Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Mm-hmm. I watched James L. Jones read it. I watched. I told you this, right? No. I watched James L. Jones read it. I watched Christopher Lee read, read it, and I watched Vincent Price read it. And... Um, who was the best? Price. Yeah. Absolutely nailed it. Like, James Earl Jones didn't have any sort of, like, he didn't... He didn't use the brackets. He didn't use the brackets. He, oh, didn't, use that, he didn't use any of that, right? He didn't use the yeah. punctuation at all. He just sort of, like... But it was really... Christopher Lee's was good, but you assumed it was all in brackets. <laughs> Sorry, I, I surprised them with a joke. Um, <laughs> you're not expecting it. Surprised me with some content, Matt. Um, um, <laughs> you thought it was yeah. Christopher Christopher Lee's was really long. It was like twelve and a half minutes. And right. uh, Vincent Price's was something like eight minutes. But he was sort of like he mm-hmm. had he's he was great. Um, and I probably I don't know. I, I know you prefer. I probably prefer Vincent. No, Christopher Lee, maybe. Mm, I don't know. If no, I yeah, had yeah. to choose. They're quite different kind of people. I think... I used to love Christopher Lee whenever he came on screen, you know. Um, I, but, like, like, I mean, Man with the Golden Gun is my favourite. I mean, if I was going to watch a James Bond film, <laughs> it would only be Man with the Golden Gun. I do not give a fuck about those <laughs> films at all, right? But um, I love Man with the Golden Gun. I think he's great in it. Uh, I do love Vincent Price, though. But his films were a bit of a slog to get through. Some of them. I think those Edgar Allan Poe films are great. I think they're... Um, I find them all very watchable. But anyway, I'd just seen The Raven. And um, uh, so there's this bird tapping on the window in the, in the lighthouse. And I was just like, oh, it's like reminiscent of Edgar Allan Poe. And then at the end, it's only fucking based on an Edgar Allan Poe unfinished story. Hmm. So I think that's definitely. I think it's very loosely. I think that's a, very, very loosely. Yeah. He, well, that was the that was the the start of the project, yeah. wasn't it? He was just like I'm gonna, the Edgar Allan Poe got like halfway through a story, wasn't it? Sort of like it was a list. It was so Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> they were like saying it's either unfinished or it's finished, and it's basically it's uh, it's called the lighthouse, and it's about a guy that's staying in a lighthouse and he has to stay there for for days and days and days. And he says, "I'm going to keep a record." of everything I do in this lighthouse. 
and uh, he does two diary <laughs> entries and then stops, <laughs> which is kind of like what everyone does with a diary. It's just like, right, I'm going to do a diary now. <laughs> you do one really. I've I've got a blog online from like ten years ago. So right, I'm going to document. <laughs> I'm going to document um, every process of writing my Edinburgh show, and it's a really long first entry, and then the second one is three weeks later, and then there's never another one. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of I'd like I'd love that to be an actual joke. Yeah, and Edgar Allan, you know, that Edgar Allan Poe was doing. Yeah, and it's like, well, the rest of it just didn't. He just didn't write the rest. Um, and that's uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of like the, the starting point for uh, the lighthouse. But then, if they're already in Poland, then not Poland. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. If they're, if they're already in Edgar Town, yeah. uh, then. Um, it's, I, that seagull tapping on the window must be exactly from the raven, right? Because mm. that's the first thing that, that made me think of it. I, I, uh, I loved it. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, it's, it's almost it wasn't quite the film I was expecting, but I really liked it. And it sits well with me as well. It sits well in my uh, my mind mm. ever since. It's like, yeah, it's oh, fun. Yeah, it's, I could, again, I could very easily watch it again at any point. It's really stuck with me. There's been films that I've watched this year that I have enjoyed, but I've never thought of again. Mm. And this has stuck with me. Yeah, looks great as well. Looks great. I saw it with my dad and I and I and, and my mum, and uh, it was his birthday. And um, I, I, that's an extra detail. I'm just like explaining why I went. <laughs> I I've got I've got no one. <laughs> my mum and dad took me to this, which is fine, guys. If if it's fine, it's absolutely fine. Went to the BFI. It's a lovely, uh, lovely cinema. It's the screen. Which screen were you in? Two, or was it three? Two. Two's all right, I think. Three is the one which is uh, which is the sloped one. Uh, is it three? Up the stairs. By the toilets. No. Two, two. two oh, is or, downstairs or, um, by the toilets. Uh, no, is that? Yeah, yeah, by the, yeah, it is by the toilets. There's also that one, is it called Studio or whatever, that's got about 16 seats in it or whatever. Oh, I think the, the main house is where it's at. Oh, yeah, every time. And two is like, oh, we're in two. Three is like, oh, you've... Brought out the school projector, have you? And we're watching a, a video in Teacher's Sick. Yeah, nice one. Yes. Put a lot of colour in that. Thanks. <laughs> was it? It's a wooden thing, wasn't it? It was got like wooden. And, um, got to use your imagination. And the teacher could never use it, could he? You've got to use a lot of your imagination to do it. Um, we're being told to play It's a wet it. break. We've, uh, anyway, so um, I really... Uh, this isn't an in-depth review at all, but... Um, Really loved it. It's beautiful to look it's, at. It's great, actually. William Defoe is great, and highly Rob, recommend. Robert Pattinson, excellent. Really, I think he's one of my favourite actors at the moment. I think he's really fucking good. He's good. He's got a good CV. Uh, he's just good. He's, he's just good. A, I haven't yeah. ever seen the Twilight films, but I might go back and watch them. Nah. <laughs> Michael Mais Nathaniel Metcalf, Fan Club, sur FIBA Radio. Ah, we're back. Uh, it's Valentine's Day. It's a Valentine's Day special. And uh, we're joined... N- uh, hello, is that John Luke Roberts? Hello, hello. Yes. It's hello. John Luke Roberts! Hello, we're joined on the phone now uh, by John Luke Roberts. Um, how are you doing? I'm very well, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm pretty good. How, what are you up to today on a Friday afternoon morning? 
on a Friday afternoon morning. I'm doing I'm 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 doing very little. I'm doing a radio interview at the moment. Oh really? Then, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, do you yeah, want yeah, us to <laughs> let, let you get back to it? Yeah. But other than that, not much. I might go and see um I might go and see a terrible film later. What What's film a terrible film? Well, I'm uh, I'm torn between um, Sonic and Birds of Prey. Um, I think Birds <laughs> of Prey is meant to be really good if you go to it? it in the right attitude. Okay. Uh, although there's not one positive male figure in it, and uh. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is absolute shit, but very enjoyable. Have yeah. you seen it? I haven't seen it. This is what I've heard on the grapevine. Okay. <laughs> I'm busy doing a radio show. I ain't got time to watch films. Yeah, yeah. I have time <laughs> to watch films. Tell me about it. Me too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds like a really good idea. Um, I'm probably going to do that too now that you've said that. Sonic. Uh, either, oh, I do, I, do you know what? I watched the thing about it yesterday and I was just like, I would really like to go and see Sonic. Would you really? I don't know if I can... Um... We've got a guest. Anyway, we've got a guest on. <laughs> we don't want to talk to you about Sonic. <laughs> well, we can do. That's sort of like what the show's about. You're doing... Um, are you doing a tour at the moment, John? Yes, I'm touring uh, a show. And are you doing... Um, so, my own. Uh, is, have you got a London run? Yes, I'm doing the Soho Theatre next week, uh, Thursday through Saturday. Thursday through Saturday, you're doing the Soho Theatre. Uh, and you... You're... Which room are you in? I'm in the downstairs, the lovely downstairs basement. Oh, yes, uh, that is As nice. They call it. How do the they describe time. it? They describe it sort of like a oh, um, <laughs> like a Berlin cabaret bar. Yes, I think it's sort of speakeasy thing they try to release it. It's not, but it's nice. It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> it, the tables, I think, too, have got smaller and smaller. Yeah. Because people don't really... So the seats are now next to the tables, but the yeah. tables are kind of like pillars. But that's quite nice because it means people don't look at the table; they look at the stage. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, um, you've got more um, more audience, surely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do. Uh, uh, that's 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 a nice room in there. And this is your show from last year's Edinburgh, which has a very long title. Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, can you say the whole title, or does it have uh, noises in? You can no, sort of say it. Well, yeah, it's John Luke Roberts. After me comes the flood brackets, but in French, close brackets, strips, wash, flash, strip, blub, 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 blub. Very good. Yeah. It's basically, I, I, I figure if I give them, if you don't like the title, you won't like the show. So it's good at sort of yeah, whittling it, out people who hate me. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it's uh, how do you describe your comedy? Absurdist? Is that the best way? I don't, I know I hate people having asking me, but is that, how, how would you describe it? Yeah, I go absurdist. Absurdist. I, 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 I think I like to think I know the difference between surrealism and absurdism, but I'm not entirely sure that I do. But I do get offended <laughs> people call it surreal, even though I'm not even, I'm not sure. Uh, that I could I could write a definition down on paper. And yesterday you wrote a thing for the Guardian that was um, uh, which, which was uh, the, the headline suggested that you were criticising all other comedians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't write a thing for the Guardian. No, the Guardian wrote a thing about me, but it did make it sound like I was I was like going. I was like, I hate other comedians. Other comedians are rubbish. I didn't say that. I've, I've never said that. I think I've probably said that when I was 20, but then you get knocked out of it in your mid-20s and you realise, oh, no, they're not. Yeah, and you go, oh, it's actually very clever. Um, yeah. Do you think... Hang on a minute. What? The Guardian wrote an article and they framed it like you were saying that you hate all other comedians. Well, it, uh, I can read you the title. Yes. It was... Give Master us some fucking context, guys. Oh, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, we're just having a nice chat. Nick, no but we're on the radio. Through. Hopefully, we've got a couple of listeners. <laughs> well, Not everyone is a Guardian reader. Like <laughs> Some um, people it, prefer it, the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Cunts. Um, master of nonsense rails against comedy blandness. That's, that's, 
Oh yeah, well that's that's fair enough. Uh, but oh, yeah. that's their opinion, isn't it? They're like saying, "Oh, you're a breath of fresh air," and yeah. they've seen so much comedy. Fucking hell, comedy's bland, isn't it? Comedy's a bit <laughs> bland. Here's John Luke Roberts. Whoa, he's railing against them, but it doesn't mean <laughs> that you're actually saying that. Well, but you sort of that. are saying that by making you act like that. You are sort well, of like well, looking well, around and saying, "This is how you do comedy, guys." I don't think so. You mean not not doing a bland act? Yeah. It's an aggressive move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Being <laughs> unique and interesting is uh, fucking... Is it like a war cry, mate? All right. Well, thanks for, the thanks gaunt- for The gauntlet's been dropped, John. Well, I guess I'm being really obnoxious. Yeah. Don't come to my show. Don't let anyone come to my show, guys. Oh. It's rude. <laughs> my show's rude. It's <laughs> rude. <laughs> 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 but the um, is it is it I don't know I don't know how much to give away I've seen your show in Aberystwyth I don't know how much of it to give away is it alright to talk about away. the punchlines yes oh, I, I know a good way of doing this so John where do you come up with your comedy um, I go to Aberystwyth and I sit down with Nat Metcalf and he tells me what I should do and he gives me a list of jokes and I use them and I say thanks Nat and he says will you pay me this time and I say, no, nothing for you. Oh. And that's it. Is that how I found out? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh. That's fucking... You are no, rude, be, mate. You I are am. bloody rude. Well, well, look, the, the Guardian had my number. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no, I drop, I'd, I'd give away all the punchlines at the beginning of the show. So there's a backdrop with all the, all the punchlines for the show in it. So, um, <laughs> and then I do it, and it still works. So that's it. It's, uh, it's fun. That's great. Because now, like, it's, it's almost that you've got this thing to hang your jokes on and your jokes are quite silly and absurdist but it comes from uh quite uh, uh i guess i guess your your character on stage is still quite high status right do you think that's an easier way to sell absurdism to an audience i don't audiences don't like me unless i play high status and it's weird i, I sort of didn't have a choice in it um i can't do low status on stage very well. I can do it in life really well, but on stage <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I need to be high-stated. And it's that, I guess there's that, um, you know, it's the, it's the Python thing, like an authority figure doing silly things is, is funny. So somebody high-status doing something silly works, uh, I guess. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing, talking about Python. And, and when you think of like other kind of absurdist comics and you think of from the past, like sort of Spike Milligan or Python and things. And you also, that's very mainstream, as are, you know, in a way people like Vic and Bob have got this sort of mainstream audience. But it's yeah. the way it's presented now is almost that absurdism is some sort of weird thing that it's very niche, and, whereas actually it's very accessible and it's for everyone. And it's just, you know, essentially what you're doing is quite silly jokes that are quite, like you know, that a broader audience could yeah. get and buy into why do you think it's become something that's almost perceived now as being sort of wild or wacky or super alternative i I think it comes in waves like i I think um and also it's not normal i mean the point is it's not normal Mm. you're other on stage as a comedian doing absurdist stuff and i was thinking about this recently the a lot of comedians, the trick is to go on stage and then they try and relate really hard to the audience. They always go, oh, great, they're like me. You know, and that's the sort of uniform of wearing a T-shirt and jeans or whatever and looking like the audience. Yeah. And, that's, and it feels like a conversation. And that can work really well. It doesn't work for me. So I have to make myself look other. 
so that they go, oh, that's separate from me, uh, but I can laugh at it for this other reason. But also, like, all of the stuff in the... Not all of the stuff, but in, it was huge in sort of like... Like Nat was saying, in the 70s and the 80s was really big. Oh. Like, all of the mainstream stuff, not comparing you to Kenan and Ball, but I am saying <laughs> that Russ Habber and, like, all of the big shows that were on in the 80s were all uh, weird and wacky and surreal and yeah, all of that stuff. really silly. And then... Um, uh, and, and then what happened was that you had alternative comedy, which was a, a person on stage with a microphone and a suit who would sort of, you know, which was kind of a reaction to, you know, um, Bernard Manning and stuff, but it was also sort of a reaction to um, anarchic comedy. Uh-huh. And it was people just talking about, like, their their wives and their husbands and their families on stage and doing relatable observational humour. Uh-huh. And then through that came people like Harry Hill... But, like, Vic and Bob and Harry Hill were, like, bubbling under the surface. And then you get into the sort of um, the 2000s, and then they become kind of like, uh, you know, like TV burp. Like, Harry yeah. Hill transitioned from Channel 4 to uh, th- with a fairly small audience on Channel 4 without changing his act at all to primetime ITV and became one of the biggest comedians in the country. And that's as fucking... He's like, that's as fucking weird mm. as you get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it is. I think it's very accessible. I think it's Harry Hill. No, no. I think kind of absurdism as like. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think. It, but I, but what I'm saying is, it's um, it's actually a bit odder that um, observational comedy is as big as it is. Mm. Because in a way, absurdist comedy is that's the point of comedy. Yeah. that it's absurd, and so uh, to have sort of like. Uh, the, the mainstream just being stuff that is, oh, my wife and kids, or mm. husband, uh, you know, it's kind of like, that's that's sort of weird, just sort of getting people being told what they already know. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I wonder if it's also just because, um, you know, if you're, doing, if you're doing observational stuff, it's relatable, and in a way that's cutting down your potential audience size because you're cutting out the people who maybe won't relate to that, and you can make it as broad as possible. But nonsense, well, there's an access, there's a way in for everyone there. They know, oh, this is idiotic. But there's room for everything, isn't there? I oh, mean, of course. When I was growing up, my favourite, my very favourite comedian was Jack D. Uh, but I also really loved, uh, my, but my, my favourite TV show was The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer. Yeah. And The Fast Show. And it's just kind of like, there's, uh, I think that if you're a consumer of comedy, then um, it, you're, not, you're not overthinking it like us. You know, no, us comedians, you know, yeah. and I think you've got, but you do also have um, a foot in both worlds as well. You you sort of direct shows and you sort of work with other comedians as well, and you yeah. you do have, and and your brain is someone who you you write jokes and you can write jokes for other people, um, yeah. so I think you do often have to have like a foot in both camps anyway. Uh, well, it's all it's all one way or another the same sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's all just trying to be funny, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or to make someone else be the funniest version of themselves they can be. Yeah. Well, I, I sometimes find I'll write a joke and go, nah, I can't do that. Oh, but it might fit this person. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they call. And yeah. Have you ever written jokes that um, um, that you, you've you written for yourself and you've thought, that doesn't work in my voice? Or not yeah. my voice, your voice. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, work in that Metcalf's voice. I do. I then started. Um, I, I sometimes find if it's in a notebook for long enough, then I'll at some point start performing a character and go, "Oh wait, that joke back then fits this character here," although it wouldn't coming from my own um, uncharacterified. 
I've done that though. I've I've written things and just gone. It doesn't kind of work for me. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, well, you perform that anyway now. Yeah. That's your... <laughs> I do that still. I still do it. That's my act. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got yeah, your show at Soho Theatre next week. Is that Tuesday? Yeah. No, it's Thursday through Saturday. So Thursday through Saturday. Saturday. And you're still yeah. on tour as well. Is that afterwards? Uh, yeah, and then I'm straight up to Newcastle, and then Edinburgh, Glasgow, Nairsborough, um, and I think I finish in Maidenhead. It's weird to in Edinburgh outside of the festival, isn't it? I know, it's, it is a bit weird. You think, oh, I'm here, but I'm all on my own, and I'm scared, and I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun. It's very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for uh, talking to us today. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, good luck with your tour, and good luck with your Edinburgh, uh, with your uh, Soho run. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you Cheers. very much. Have a, have a love, happy Valentine's happy Day. Valentine's oh, Day happy Valentine's Day to you Valentine's too. Day. Happy Valentine's Day, JLR. Right, okay, cool. Uh, goodbye. See you later. I can never say bye. goodbye. I can never say goodbye. I can never <laughs> say bye. Okay, well, that was nice. Um, now, um, uh, we've got 11 minutes and we're going to talk about the other f- so the lighthouse what do you think about it in uh, one word one word enlightening oh wow do you actually no I don't that? believe that what I want to say is uh, very um, we've got to do good. three two one good great <laughs> it was really good. It was really it's good. Really good. Um, yeah, but what I really enjoyed about it was uh, afterwards, my dad. What I was going to say about it was my dad said, "Well, that's a very straightforward film." Like me and my mum were like unpicking it, and my dad was like, "It's really straightforward." And I was just like, "I think it is." I think that I don't know what the fuck was going on for like half of it. <laughs> I think it's really kind of like weird that my dad came out of it and he said, "Well, that's a very straightforward film." It's interesting like, that you can view it that way as well. That it's just like what you take it li- as literal. Mm-hmm. I just thought that it was playing all sorts of mind tricks on you, and you were just like, I don't know what's real and what isn't. I mean, we talked about it, no spoilers, but I just felt like there's a turning point where you go, well, that's the end of the film. Yeah. And then everything else is sort of like, what? what's this? Um, but anyway, oh, it's a shame that you can't actually just sort of like have like proper film analysis conversation. It's not YouTube, is it? You can't just, no. can't just ruin everything. Um, a lot of YouTube reviews are basically just someone sat in their bedroom with a green screen behind them that is just uh, g- going beat for beat through the, through the film. Like, is you know when people... Um, oh, it's people that ruin stuff. You get reviews and they put punchlines and jokes in. You go, mm. well, that's a terrible review because you've actually ruined the show. Yeah. If you like the show, by all means, recommend it. And if you don't like the show, by all means, you know. And if there's something that's a little bit salty in there and you want to go, well, there was... Uh, I don't like the show because there was some racism in there. Then you know you can flag that up, but I don't think that you should. It's it's, it's bad. It's bad reviewing, isn't it? To kind of, but that's different from talking about a film and and using plot points to, that you actually, if you're having a spoiler conversation, um, to say, well, this is a spoiler conversation, and then you're saying that you have to reveal plot details in order to have that conversation, right? So that's another element. But if you are literally just going through the plot beat for beat and saying that that is your review, then that's bullshit. That's that's not a th- that's not a thing. Um, I just I've seen a lot of YouTube <laughs> film stuff. I watch I, I watch you know film stuff on YouTube, and uh, and that's what a lot of them do. And you just think, <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Tell me if you liked it or not. Um, 
So the other film that we saw, but we saw this together. We saw it together. We were together when we saw this film. Yes. And also Simon Mayo was there. Sarah in the big legs. Simon Mayo was there and he kept looking at me suspiciously. Oh, yeah. Did he? Yeah. And he did it like twice or three times. And I was just like... Was it because we were going, Simon Mayo? No, because we we didn't, did we? No, we did it very uh, slyly. But I said, I think that's Simon Mayo. Mm. And you went, oh. And then I said, well, the guy that looks like Simon Mayo. Uh, But I really felt like we were in the big leagues then. Oh, yeah. I think he looked at us. In a cinema with... Who are these guys? I think he was looking at us going... Fresh meat. Is that Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf? From Fan Club. Is that Nick? Is that Nick? And Nathaniel Metcalf <laughs> from fan club. That might be what he's thinking, yeah. I think he's probably thinking that. Um, so we went to see Emma this week. Emma, yeah, we haven't said that yet. <laughs> it's the Emma. Um, and, uh, when's Emma out? Is it out today? Today, for Valentine's. Is it out I today? Um, In fact, if, if John Luke Roberts is still listening, go and see Emma. If you are... Okay, so um, so I went to see Cats uh, around Christmas time where there were three trailers for it. Uh, there was um, David Copperfield. Yeah. There was Little Women and yeah. there was Emma. And yeah. I thought all three of those looked great. And um, I've be- I saw David Copfield and I thought it was almost brilliant. But it, it fell a little bit short for me. I didn't, it fell a bit short for me too. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I think it used the, the humour. It was almost too... Or it used comedy so much that it lacked teeth. You had a really good point when we were talking about Emma where you said... Um, that if every character is funny, yeah, then you've got no drama. You've yeah, got, you've got nothing to sort of root you for. Sort of, you sort of stop caring. Like, even, the, the even, even the bad guy, what's he called? Uriah Heep in uh, David Copperfield doesn't have. He doesn't have enough of a. Uh, he's not villainous enough because he's portrayed as just a bit of a dick, a fop. He's yeah. not played for laughs, but he is kind of like, uh, yeah, he's sort of like. Um, foppish, so he doesn't really have any, yeah, like you say, teeth. So by the end, when the actor all... does have teeth, by the way, <laughs> just to be clear. But yeah, so it doesn't there's feel no, like it doesn't. There's not enough drama. No there's not peril. enough conflict or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with Little Women, I thought I really. I mean, I went in there uh, already thinking this is a five star movie. Yeah, I thought I was going to love and it. And I came I'd out of it going. Maybe three. I think that I think a lot of and, and do you know what I think I am in my life. I'm quite critical mm. of myself, of myself, you know, and so I have sort of like hmm, I think maybe a lot of people aren't so critical of themselves, and they maybe gave because it, it got so much love, mm. and I think maybe they gave it the review that they wanted to give it rather than the one that they thought it deserved. Um, I, I also think it doesn't help when, by the time we'd gone to see it, it felt like everyone, it was like five stars across the board everywhere, wasn't well, it? Well, it's not just that, though. Everyone everyone that I'm friends with on Twitter was, like, gushing about it. Mm. Yeah, the thing is, it's really good, and I believe in all of the sentiment behind it, and I thought the performances were great. Who's the one that I really liked? Um, Florence Pugh, was it? Yeah, she was fucking incredible. incredible Brilliant. And... Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I really liked, uh, I, I, just, I just really liked almost every element of it. Uh, I thought they could have aimed a bit higher with Bob Odenkirk. 
Because you just knew that when the dad was going to turn up, you're just like, fucking hell, are they going to get to play the dad? You know, being a guy watching a film called Little Women, you're just there waiting for the man to turn up. But um, I loved everything. You know, I loved all of the elements. I just felt like the structure of it, because there wasn't enough definition between um, them as adults and them as uh, as children, because it was the same, you know, it, there, there was no real definition between Emma Watson growing up and Emma Watson as a kid. Mm. Uh, and we know what Emma Watson looked like as a kid. Um, so it's just kind of like, so So every time that there was a time shift, uh, I came out of the film and I was just like, well, where are we now? And then I'd go back into it and it was only momentarily. Mm. But you do that 10 or 12 times throughout a film, then you're not fully absorbed and invested mm. in it. And I just felt like it was distracting. Now, so you have these three trailers in front of the worst film ever made, Cats. Not the worst film ever made, Aladdin. But, um... Aladdin 2 is on its way. You're coming with me! Um, I know, I can't believe they're making it. Well, I can believe they're making a sequel, of course. It wasn't the worst film ever made. It was just an absolutely mental film that they made. Um... <laughs> But but so you have these three films. You go right, tick tick. That that was all right. That yeah. was okay. Then Emma comes along. Emma had a great trailer. I would have thought it had two great trailers. It had two completely different, amazing trailers. Um, but I still had that. I was a bit worried where you go now. What if its chances amongst those two? I would have thought was slim at the beginning of the year well I thought it looked absolutely great and nobody I know everyone was just like really you know people have been people, I'd have conversations like, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I've been like looking forward to Emma like it's a fucking you know uh, blockbuster like I've been to, you know like Star Wars or something I've been kind of like going, god Emma's coming out soon are we going to get to see Emma we had like two screenings put aside we had a, we had a screening like t- two weeks ago yeah. and then that got bumped because it was sold out so then we got another and I was just like oh fucking alright well and then I was like oh, I hope this screening doesn't get bumped and um, but other people have been going oh, really Emma alright um, yeah the trailers were good and we watched it and we watched it it's incredible. I loved it. Absolutely loved every single minute of it. It was. It I was thought a, it was pitch perfect. Absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, and I, what I would say, I, I, I mean, my mum was a massive Colin Firth fan, and I grew up watching uh, Pride and Prejudice uh, uh, with Colin Firth. Not with him, he was in it. And um, <laughs> you grew up with Colin he was Firth. he was gusset tingling, tinglingly good. It's what the Radio Times said: gusset tinglingly good. And you go, oh, really? Drenched they were at the radio times, um, uh, <laughs> but fucking. So I loved uh, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I think Ang Lee's. I, I haven't really got. I always feel like every time they adapt to Pride and Prejudice since then, I'm a bit like, why? You've hmm. na- they nailed it. And so, so the Kira Knightley one, I never, I never really even watched. Um, but the Ang Lee Sense and Sensibility, I, love that I think, is just an absolute. It's like one of those films that is effortless to watch. Mm. You watch it, and um, and what's great about these films, which I only just sort of like, um, and these TV things. What's great about Jane Austen is really she kind of writes uh, mystery thrillers uh, without the uh, without the danger. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like. Um, Oh, someone is having an affair with someone, or someone is already priorly engaged with someone on the other side of the country, and they're having, they're sort of like um, 
uh, luring a young girl into into falling in love with them, and then they're a bounder and a cad. And it's kind of like uh, there's this revelation in the third act, and everyone's kind of like, oh well, well we must. And it's kind of like a who done it, you yeah. know, or who did her. You know, and it's kind of, um, I just think, I really, uh, I, and it, there's sort of like this element to it where it's kind of like, oh, right, all the pieces fall together in the third act and there's kind of like a bit of a mystery involved in it. It's another way of thinking about them. But I just think Sense and Sensibility is an absolutely incredible film and I think Emma is just, is as good. I think it's as good. Yeah, it's trying to pitch it slightly differently and it's all kind of, it's got incredible, I mean, this sounds slight and I don't actually like this as a, but you can't not mention the kind of costumes in it, which just look incredible. And there's a lot of detail, like it really wants you to look at those costumes as well. But it's really funny. Um, it plays up all the drama is completely dialed up to 10, so that when very slight things happen by today's standards, it is played like huge drama. And you do feel it along with the characters in a uh, in a way that I'm not sure... I have gotten before, it really is played like a sort of full melodrama, whereas actually the incidents that are happening are quite small and personal. But it does feel like you're yeah. like, and it feels like you're so invested in all the characters. But also, I felt like it transported me to that time period. Mm. And so, fucking, um, uh, it's directed by Autumn DeWilde, who does sort of like music videos, and I only found that out afterwards. So, it's written by a woman, and it's directed by a woman. Um, and the music video stuff really comes across because it's so visually mm. striking and beautiful. Um, but I would also say that the cast is incredible. I think Anya Taylor Joy was uh, was was she's who from plays the Emma. Witch. She's uh, she's she's brilliant in it. Um, but she's she's brilliant in yeah, it. Yeah, she's great. And Johnny Flynn is an absolute fucking megastar. Yeah, he's a movie star in the He's just like you just watch it go. Oh, this guy's going to be huge. He's he, going to be he, absolutely massive. He's fucking brilliant in it. And um, uh, Mia Goth, uh, I can't remember who she plays. Uh, I, can't, I don't know, I can't remember the name of who she plays, but she plays like the friend that's in it. All the way oh, through. yeah, Harriet. Right. She she's, um, she's, she, I thought she was incredible. Yeah. Really good. And people are kind of like, really? Emma? You really? Bill Nye's of, uh, not, not just like obviously brilliant. Um, it's like, I feel like he really turned up for work this time. Mm. He's just, he's fucking great in it. And uh, people are like, really? You, you like, no, I'm not the biggest fan of the sitcom Miranda, right? It's just not my personal taste. Miranda Hart is incredible in this mm. film. I just thought, there's like the moment in it, and fucking hell, people gasped in the cinema. <laughs> people gasped because it was so, <laughs> it was such a slight thing, but it was so hurtful and painful. And um, everyone knows the bit from the um, uh, from the Gwyneth Paltrow film. Uh, but it's just kind of like, and, it's, and it feels like surprisingly uh, qu- too soon to remake Emma. Hmm. But, I thought that, yeah. Uh, but, um, like, like, I wonder how Gwyneth Paltrow feels about it. But it fucking kicks its fucking ass. It's just like, Gwyneth Paltrow's one always felt like a sort of, like, um, like a second-tier film next to Ang Lee's. Yeah, this, and this feels like this will be... That's gone now, isn't it? That you'll, you'll never need to see you know, Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow's She's been wiped off the face of the planet <laughs> Might as well have been. with her vagina-smelling candles. It's just kind of like... It's fucking um, just... Uh, yeah, it's it's it's... So I, what I would say is, if um, you 
uh, love Jane Austen and uh, it's your sort of thing, then you are absolutely going to love You're Emma. But I would also say, if you are a uh, grown man that's obsessed with Marvel movies, uh, then just go and watch Emma and f- just do something else. And uh, it's... It, it's got everything that you need out of a story and it's got wonderful performances and it's funny and it's sweet and it's um, dramatic. Very good Valentine's It's great. Like film. It's a great Valentine's film because everyone's going to enjoy this film and I think that you look at it and you go... I don't look at it. I grew up watching Jane Austen stuff. I, loved, I, love, I love them, right? Mm. But I think that you look at it and you think that looks a bit floral for me. Mm. And maybe it's got, like, the Birds of Prey thing where you think, oh, well, that's not aimed at me. It is. It's fucking... It's a timeless story. And Jane Austen, uh, you know, fucking hell, she did a good job. Jane Austen did, didn't she? Died in Winchester, where I went to uni. So we're going to play... So give it a a review in three words. Uh, In three words? In three seconds, give it a one-word review. Three, two, one. The best film I've seen this year. film. Best film I've seen this year. I fucking... I, I loved it so much. It's great. I can't recommend it enough. Great, loved it. M- male or female, go and see it. <laughs> uh, right, so what are we going to play? Valentine. That is by Richard Hawley. Hold me In your Michael Menatania Metal Fan Club sur FIBA Radio. Uh, just talking to your microphone, Ron. This is me talking to my microphone. Hang on, to Tested. Keep yeah, yeah, I've done it. Okay. Okay, it's the right one. Are you actually dro- you're driving, are you? Yeah, we're in charge, mate. Oh, yeah. uh, so we're joined in the studio <laughs> by legitimate <laughs> megastar Romesh Ranganathan. But before we do that, just got to read out some of our fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, happy Valentine's Day, <laughs> my Sherry Amores. What are you handsome guys up to later? Uh, I'm uh, taking uh, my cock and balls out for dinner. <laughs> Hello, Nikki and Natty. Can you feel the love today? I can't, but would feel better if, for the love of God, you call me a cunt. <laughs> You've really let yourself down on the cunt ratio this year, Nick. I have. Uh, you went a whole show without saying it once. Sad. D-rump. Uh, D-rump, you... <laughs> You are a cunt. <laughs> Hello, I'd like a fight this afternoon. Which fancy this part? A boxing place. I'm quite tasty. FYI, Sam. No, not really. What is this fan mail? <laughs> um, I don't what know. Is this? The, the thing it's, is, people have just written in. Weird vibe you've got. Well, you, have. Haven't you ever? Uh, have you ever had any fan mail, Rom? It's a little bit like uh, when uh, someone thinks <laughs> that you're uh, 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 worth. Following and yeah. hanging out, you know, people, yeah. people that admire you, yeah. uh, they write to you yeah, and they, they let you know. It does happen, but they don't request that I say specific words. Hmm. Uh, I get that. I mm. get people asking me to, you know, hey, uh, can you call my girlfriend a cunt uh, on the phone? And you go, yeah, sure. And you do, and she probably cries, didn't she? <laughs> You've got no idea of the context of that. No, I can't. Can you call my girlfriend a cunt? <laughs> 
You know, that could be abuse. And you're yeah. sort of facilitating that. You've got no idea if that's a thing that she I'm might. Not, I haven't put up a trestle table and inviting people over. She right? might, she might people just stop me in the street. I'm absolutely tipping point. The one thing that really pushed me over is if Nick Helm called me a cunt. One, and one, then he made that happen. One time, uh, someone uh, gave me the phone and said, can you call my girlfriend a cunt? And I yeah. did. And then uh, as I was walking away, they said, hang on a minute, you're off uncle. <laughs> 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 um, so we're joined in the studio by Ramesh Varang and Ethan. Um, uh, I, Natalie, all of our microphones, I just, I think everything sounds a bit quiet. Mm. I don't know how to turn my headphones up. You've never taught me. Um, so yeah, so he is, he is driving the desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah that's that's good good. It's just quieter than it normally is. So um, I, you're on, you're just about to start, you have started. Was yesterday officially, I mean, that's too loud, isn't it? And you haven't shown me, you haven't given me the tools. I mean, I'm not fucking... Yeah, right, well, you haven't fucking shown me, have you? For fuck's sake. Jesus. You haven't given, me the, fucking, you haven't given me the fucking tools to actually work my own fucking desk. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> What is this? What do you mean, what is this? <laughs> talk to people like that. What do you mean, don't talk to fucking people like that? She just like came that? in and literally twiddled one knob. She turned the, the knob as loud as she fucking... To pay attention to the one knob she Because I'm hosting a fucking radio show. As soon as I stop talking, so does he. You didn't watch the knob because you were fucking drinking your tea, you prick. I was trying to drink some fucking tea to keep my mouth lubricated so that I can ask you the fucking important <laughs> questions about your fucking tour. You're on here with our fucking five listeners to fucking promote your sellout tour. So fucking... How you, has it started yet? Yes, it's the, well, sort of last night started, yeah. Yeah, right. Started back. Started back. So that was <laughs> yeah. the first date of your tour. It's what, kind of, When's yeah. your second date? Tonight? Tonight, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> now on to some more fan mail. <laughs> Hello, you silly guys. I love <laughs> no. Um, I went to see you last night at Alexandra Palace. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, you got recognised, didn't you? Uh, fuck off! I got, I got recognised yeah, by. <laughs> it was, hor- was it horrible? Was it unpleasant? Uh, t- the whole look, mate. I mean, I get very anxious leaving the house mm. and uh, getting on public transport and yeah. doing anything, right? Yeah. Like, regardless of whether you get recognised for anything or not, just mm. as a human being, going to see your show uh, by the w- w- with the one ticket that you gave me, by the way. So, well, that's how many you asked for? I didn't. Ask, I don't just, I didn't I'll ask just go have a, six and see how it goes. I didn't ask for any number of tickets. Uh, you I'll asked give you me as many tickets as you like. You <laughs> asked me to come to see you, yeah. and I did go and see you. Yeah. And you gave me one fucking ticket the day before Valentine's Day. Thank you very much for your I fucking. I just sort of took a punt, you know. That, what, I would be alone? <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of took a punt. You just sort of assumed. I just sort of thought, what's the most likely number of tickets he's going to need? Do you know what's more need. of an insult than that? I sat next to an empty seat all night. Did you? Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Sorry, mate. That's all right. Um, it's all right. I put my bag in it and uh, I got off with it at the half time. That's been nice for the people that recognise you. <laughs> so, what's happened to Nick Kelm? Is he on his own? Uh, so, I, I was. <laughs> Tongue kissing uh, a rucksack. I was in, I was in a queue for um, uh, the, a drink at the interval. And um, I was in the queue, and it's your audience, isn't it? Mm. And a guy... Well, I can tell this is going to be a bad story. No, <laughs> no just a guy turns around, yeah. and he goes, uh, oh, uh, oh, I really enjoyed that reluctant landlord thing mm. that you did. Uh, uh, what's your character called? Uh, and I was like, Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Uh, those guys at the bar, uh, oh, they were genius, genius. I was like, Thanks. 
been up to anything else? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And so I got my drink and I get, got back down to my seat and in front of me there were these three guys that were all out. Wait a minute, so this guy wasn't a football isn't then? Is that what he's... This, they were these, it seems unlikely. There were these three guys, and then this guy turned turned around to me because he was like taking his coat off, and he mm. looked at me, and he froze, and I was just like, uh-uh, don't, <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> we're in clothes, we're in clothes. I'm all on my, on my own. Okay, it's not front row, but brilliant seat. It was, but, but I think it's one of the best seats in the house. It was row U at Alexandra Palace, right? Uh, Twenty one U, and it's basically at the back of the rate bit. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have wanted to see you. Um, Not because of who you are, but just sort of, you know, when a mate's in, you sort of don't want to. I don't mind. I love love seeing that. I I like seeing people that I know in the audience because you just think everyone else is fucking not enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) At least my friends know to pretend to be enjoying it. Um, And uh, this guy turned around and saw me with a. I was like, uh-uh. he went lemon. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. they go, you're lemon, you're lemon. And he turned around to his friends. He goes, it's lemon. And they all looked, and they went no. And uh, and then they all their phones lit up. Oh, <laughs> they, they googled you. And they googled me. And then not one of them turned back around again uh, to double check to see if it was indeed lemon. Mm. Uh, and all I was thinking for the second half of your show was, what a waste of a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, I mean, they were a comedy audience. They were on the way in. I heard people say, saying, Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr's on. Oh, we went to see that guy. Who plays the uncle in... Uh, and I was thinking, oh, no. Gavin and Stacey. Rob Brydon. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Brydon plays the uncle in Gavin and Stacey. Oh, we'll go and see him. We're going to go and see him. And I'm stood there, boulders brass in front of everyone, yeah. recognised by two people. Mm. So all I'm saying is that your audience aren't particularly comedy literate. Okay. Well, I sort of... I'm sort of in... I don't mind. I don't mind that. How does it feel when you've got a big <laughs> tour planned yeah. and you presumably haven't written it yet, but it's on sale yeah, and you know that deadline's coming up? Yeah. Do you like, does it sort of go away? Do you have the confidence now? You go, I've done this loads of times. No. I can just do it again. No, I, I, I find that thing of something going on sale that doesn't exist very anxiety inducing yeah and, and so you're, you're selling a false promise yeah basically yeah <laughs> you're selling yeah. it yeah an empty and then my agent box. will say to me oh oh good news we can put an extra date on there but it doesn't feel like i mean obviously yeah, yeah. it's good news but it doesn't feel like it because you sort of think well that that's another group of people that are buying something that doesn't exist i feel like i'm running fire festival or something <laughs> because you know, like, <laughs> you've got all of the artwork done yes, but your yeah. poster is incredible oh, i remember thanks. seeing your poster and thinking yeah. this looks exciting because <laughs> um, i was doing a show called phoenix from the flames and your one's got like flames all over it yeah. and i used yours as an example of you know uh let's not make it like this but, sure? but let's make it sort of like yours is called the cynics mixtape yeah it? and uh, it's really exciting but then um Came to see one of your previews at Soho Theatre. Yes, that was a long, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, I mean, not 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 saying that it hasn't improved, but it hasn't changed that much in terms of the bits. No, the bits of so the bits sort of get locked in for me fairly early, and then you're just sort of um, you're sort of tweaking it, from, or you know, and bits get longer and stuff like that, and that sort of te- tends to be how I work. And then occasionally I will drop in on other stuff, but um, yeah, it's pre- it gets locked in pretty early. But there's a panic in that because you sort of think, well, this is what I think the show's going to be, and so it stands or falls by these bits or however much I can sort and of. And you're playing polish this uh, turd. small rooms first, right? So yes. you also don't know how that's going to translate to a bigger room. No, or... exactly. And like, so there's yeah, there's a couple of bits where 
I actually realised they only sort of work in a smaller room, and so when you, when I sort of started doing them on the main tour, I was like, oh. I'm doing the same thing, but it's not working. It's just because they're just that much further away that you sort of you have to play it differently and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of sort of tweaking and, and pissing about and stuff, and also just little things like getting into the mode of how to play a room, or like a bigger room, in terms of where you move and stuff like that. Right. All of that kind of stuff. Um, it takes me a while to figure out. Uh, so we were just talking to John Luke Roberts about mm. uh, w- wackiness and doing sort of like uh, absurdist absurdist humour. Yes. You're kind of like uh, the opposite end of the scale. Yeah, uh, I, and thought, I sort of thought a bit awkward listening to that. It was very interesting, but then I thought, <laughs> oh, shit, no, but like, this I, is bad. But also within the same sentence, uh, within the same conversation, I was like saying that Jack D was one of my all-time favourite comedians, mm. and I think you're very much our generation's Jack D. Thank you. You Nick. are honestly one of my favourite comedians. Well, uh, we know each other. We've kn- I, I've known you before you were big and famous. Yes, correct. I've always liked you. You've always been a friend to me. Mm. Um, <laughs> But also sounds sinister. The way you're saying it sounds sinister. <laughs> well, if you don't just like saying. So, so it's just, but you've turned into kind of like one. Well, I'm just saying you're one of my favourite comedians. Thank you, Nick. But it's kind of like um, I would say that a lot of my. I mean, Nat Metcalf is one of my favourite comedians. Mm. You're sort of saying that to, well, it's to take the gloss off it or <laughs> off the accolade? No, I'm what, just like saying... Just like, saying you know, just I, to put that in context, Matt Metcalf's also one of my favourite comedians, just in case you get a little bit above your station. He's, he's, right, he's right there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're taking the gloss off it. I mean, I'm right here as well. <laughs> I mean, who's been more insulting to who? No, it's just the way you fucking said it. You can't fucking share... You can't fucking share the ball pit with anyone, no, can I'm you? No, happy to share the ball pit. No, fucking hell. It's just sort of like, as soon as Nat got invited to the I'm party just, you were like you fucking hell oh, what well, me and Matt Metcalf you took no, a bit of the fucking no, shine no, off your fucking compliment no, oh you're just you handing them it. out to anyone are you it's fucking hell it's the fucking way you said it Nick. nah fuck nah, you it's the way you fucking said hell it. Um, Jesus hello you silly guys I love this show <laughs> I want to love it more <laughs> I think I would if you started talking about Nick Nolte more starting now please <laughs> he came what? up the other day I looked at uh, <laughs> what is this I looked at a picture of my passport photo Photo and I described it as it looks like that uh, that that photo of Nick Nolte, uh, that mug shot that you got. Uh, that's my new passport photo. I look I look like an Italian porn star for ten years, and now I look like Nick Nolte's mug shot. <laughs> I, I went to get my passport renewed a while ago, and uh, she told me the woman at the passport office. She told me that my previous passport was so dark that it probably was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, I, she, she sort of was trying, she's quite awkward about it because obviously it's a, it's a difficult thing to get across. But what she was saying is that it's difficult to tell the difference between you and sort of any Asian man with a similar silhouette, basically. <laughs> you looked like but, a thumbprint. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> does, she, does she need to have that conversation? Well, I sort of thought, I don't know why you've mentioned this, because yeah. that passport's done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did she she makes up this new passport. Did she know just you were off the telly? No. She's, so she was just sort of saying, just so, just so you know, you've been travelling illegally for a decade. Just wanted to, to put that <laughs> so in. So she wasn't like just like saying, oh, you're, oh, you're the Romesh. No, the no, 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 no. Uh, you'll, you'll get a kick out of it. She was literally just saying. She was saying it very much. She said it in a very matter of fact way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The same thing when I went to get. A, but, the, but you've got a new passport. Yes. So why does it matter? Exactly. Exactly. Be- why does be- it matter? Because it's illegal now anyway. You yes. can't use your True. old passport. True. Mm. Regardless of the darkness. But yeah, regardless yeah. of it. Darkness Not the band, the, uh, <laughs> the, the colour of his face. <laughs> 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 
Um, so uh, yeah, that's why would you bring that up? No, I don't know. I was also I had to get I went to get a visa uh, at the U.S. embassy. And, you know, like, we have to say, you have to get, like, some documentation to say that you've got a specific talent that gets you a visa or whatever. And the guy said to me, um, so it says here that you've, you've got a talent, you're, or you're talented. Uh, in what way? And then I said, oh, I'm, I'm a comedian. And he said, well, you haven't been very funny in this conversation. I said, it's because I'm trying to get a visa. I, said, I didn't realise I had to do a bit. Do you know what I mean? It was like super fucking awkward. And then, and then you sort of get put under pressure to then try and be funny for the rest of the interaction. Do you know what I mean? It's awful. So bad. Uh, are you going anywhere nice? Me? Yeah. No. Well, I went to do... Uh, I went to do... That was when I was trying to get the visa to do Just Another Immigrant. So I was, uh, when I went to LA. Have you done your gig in Sri Lanka yet? No, no we were doing, talking about that Yeah, the other I'm week, doing yeah. it. I think it's going to be next year now. But um, the guy... A guy... One of the, the Sri Lankan promoter was over in the UK and, ca- and came to watch the tour show in Newcastle. Let's just say I don't know if that Sri Lanka gig still happening. <laughs> 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 How do you feel about? Do you, it, would it just be like another gig, or would it be something you'd be like, "We'll have to change anything"? Oh, I have to change loads. You know I mean, it's, it, I think it's, it's such a different context. Because everyone you know? was just like going, "Oh, that's a perfect fit. You, you're from you're Sri Lankan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You go back to Sri Lanka and fucking do a gig there. You go like yeah. all of his stuff has nothing to do with being Sri Lankan. <laughs> it's like it's, it's fucking uh, yeah. I, d- I know. I it suspect. would terrify me. It's just like, like terrifying. Do you want to do a gig in St Albans? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My stuff is about how I hate St Albans. Why would that be a home, hometown gig? No, fucking hell. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, don't, I, I think I'd have to completely rewrite it, pretty much. Or, like, just try and cherry-pick the stuff. Stuff from it. over I guess four or so. five shows. Yeah, they're going to be getting some really early stuff. A great assist. <laughs> Okay. It's something I've trawled from my first Edinburgh show. Do you know what I mean? It'd be weird, wouldn't it? Because you do an impression of your mum. Yes. And they'll be kind and they'll of be like, like, "That's awful." Why are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that British accent yeah, yeah, for the yeah. whole <laughs> of your show? And then you sound slightly less British when you're doing your mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, I think that the idea of if I were you, the idea of doing, I, I completely relate to it. I just think that the idea of doing a gig in Sri Lanka would be like. Oh god, that'd be so much work. I know. That's what I was thinking. It seems like a big, a big amount of work. For it's one of those things where you sort of do you have that thing where you get offered to do something or something's happening so far in the future that you almost completely detach yourself from right, it being yeah, you. Yeah. So, like, if somebody goes, "Oh, do you want to do a gig in Sri Lanka next year?" You go, yeah, I think Romish in a year would like to do that gig. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? You don't actually connect that with you're going to have to prepare that show, and then yeah. the time comes around, and then you're just really fucking angry with Romish from twelve months ago <laughs> that thought this is going to be a good idea. Do you know what I mean? It's just, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know if that'll happen. I, I mean, it'd be good. It'd be a good experience. Everything apart from the actual gig, I imagine, would be amazing. But yeah, well, that's it. That, yeah. So, do you want to do Sonosphere this year? Uh, no, <laughs> but can I get a free ticket? It's <laughs> 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 fucking. Oh god! But you've been to Sri Lanka. Yes. So it's not like. I mean, it would be no, you're more right. ideal to be kind of like, hey, do you want to do a gig in Switzerland? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, what you're saying is. You're very. It feels like you're very much against this whole concept. I think it's terrifying. <laughs> I, not, but not just like not just terrifying. In the sense, I just think it's like, I just think it's a lot of work because yeah. it's not a case of just doing your show in Sri Lanka. It's a case of writing a whole show for one gig or two gigs. Yeah. 
And it'll, it'll obviously go worse than regular shows. <laughs> Are you famous you in Sri Lanka? They show Asian provocateur on Sri Lankan Airlines. I know that. So on Whether the way means, over? Yeah, on the way over. But would it be expats or would it be actual Sri Lankans? I don't know the ratio of uh, Sri Lankan Airlines uh, passenger ethnicity, but, <laughs> but uh, I assume it's a mix. I know they film Good Karma Hospital out there. If they're still making that, then probably the crew of that will go and see you. So well, that's good to know. I, I'll do some good karma hospital. But do you know what size <laughs> venue you'd be playing at there as well? No, I don't. I've got no okay. idea. I've got no idea. It they just came up as a thing, and you go, "Yeah, I'll do that." Yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? I'll gig in Sri Lanka, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I haven't actually thought. I flew, about. To, I flew to Ireland to do a gig in Ireland on my tour, and uh, no word of a lie, it was a thirty-seater. <laughs> 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 I was like, "It costs more to get here than I'm going to make <laughs> off the fucking." <laughs> it was fucking. How was it though? Is it right? It was one of the best gigs I've ever had. Mm. Well. Well, there you go. Uh, do you know what? I say that and it sounds impressive, but um, for anyone that was actually there that saw it, that might be listening, I've done better gigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Because it wasn't, it, there were about 30 seats, but then there was standing room at the back. Right, right, And so right. people, it was like a gig. So people were stood, you know, for like an hour and a half, two hours, however long the show is. Yeah. So you just think, good, yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, go sit down and give me an ovation. <laughs> 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 um, it was, yeah, it was good. Um, you were great last night. I loved it. Thanks, I think mate. your show is brilliant. So, oh, cheers, um, mate. Proper it. mainstream stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I mean it. But it isn't I mean really, it. is it? Just because it appeals no, to... I think, it, I, think, I think it is... Uh, it's not shit and it's not dumbed down and like I, I like I said to you afterwards I think kind of like you're pushing some fairly uncomfortable truths to people mm. and you're ma- and, but you're doing it in a kind of because it's because you it's a, it's comedy and you kind of know your audience you're kind of like uh, pushing some sort of uncomfortable things uh, to people uh, in like a palatable way and I think that you might not realise it at the time of watching it uh, but when you leave, you'll have kind of like you, you'll have been challenged slightly, and then it will make you maybe reassess stuff. Um, uh, that that to get to that where it's palatable, the work in progress shows. I think I had I've had so many complaints about people being offended by various bits. Where really, like, when you're sort of playing at the edges of that, or you're sort of trying to push something, an idea or something like that. When you're you're trying to find what the right line is, yeah. I've, I've fucked it up so many times. But I you know remember I mean? when I saw your first preview, <laughs> and you do a bit about one of your kids going missing, and you came on stage and you said, uh, "We lost a kid this year." <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, like, there was a chill in the room. <laughs> it was like, like, well, don't say it like that, Rob. Fucking hell! Yeah, I mean, that moment your first note from the crowd <laughs> as I was on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't say that, mate. <laughs> They must probably thought you were doing Edinburgh that year. He's after an award. Here's my tip. I don't need to see the rest of the show. He's, he's my five tip. stars. <laughs> yeah, but like I had like a so there's a bit where I talk about the environment and I had like a a girl when I was in a preview at uh, the Bill Murray. Um, it was like one of the first times I was sort of talking about it, and a girl just stopped me, and she said, "I'm sorry, I can't listen to this anymore." Huh? And I said, uh, neither can, I mean, I, I sort of thought neither can I. I mean, I, I, it's so unbearable to do work in progress. But she said to me, you're undermining a, a real situation, a really important situation, and all these people are going to think it's funny and it's something to joke about. And she goes, I'm sorry, I just can't listen to it anymore. And just sort of 
stormed out. I think she's right. <laughs> no, but I think she's right. But, but you've rewritten that. Yes, correct, yeah. Like, when, you, when I saw that first preview, I was a little bit like, well, I don't know about the environmental stuff. But then you saw it last night, and you go, yeah, it's really yeah. kind of... Like Completely did a 180, just based on that girl, really, basically. Just totally changed my opinion, just to pander. But also, no, that's, I really, I that's what work in progress is, isn't it? You're doing ideas, you can't re- I mean, I suppose anyone can react in the moment to anything but yeah. it's still like it's not like yeah, but work in progress isn't for the audience yeah it's not I, 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 Richard Her- <laughs> this is another fun fact Richard Herring told me that when you're doing work in pro- like years and years ago he said when you're doing work in progress it's not for you as soon as you as soon as it's out of previews and it's the first day of the show yeah then that's when it has to be your final show. I pushed that by about five days. <laughs> <laughs> it really snaps together after the first week. But um, but, but, then, th- what, but right. then what? But you do have a duty to the audience. No, no, not, not in a preview. But then why are they coming to? The, but they're paying to come and watch it. Yeah, but the, okay. So some people don't understand what a work in progress is. Some people think fucking Romesh Ranganathan five quid. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. I'll see the show before it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see the show before I've written it. Like how else I write on. Stage. How else are you meant to put? I always say yes. it's like eating a fucking roast dinner on the bus home from the, uh, you know, like eating a chicken raw on the bus home yeah. from the supermarket. It's just kind of like I've got the ingredients, but it hasn't been cooked yet. And it's kind of like what you meant? What you meant? Well, how else are you meant to do this? So you kind of like say, well, it's dirt cheap to come and see it. It's, it says it's a work in progress or a preview. You're going to come and see it. I've got to test it out some way. But fucking hell, I mean, it's not the final show. I totally agree with everything you're saying. But sometimes, when you have a work in progress and you've absolutely just tucked into a big old pile of shit for an hour, yeah, you do feel a bit bad for them, don't you? Do you oh, do I, you do, I think I think that's what I think. If you're writing anything, yeah, the day of a work in progress is when you'll put most work into it because you know they're in front of you, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in mm. eight hours or whatever. Yeah, so that's when you're working hardest to be like, and you do way more work, I think, in that time because you know people are listening to it and before that it's a bit abstract and you can yeah. be a bit kind of like airy fairy and kind yeah. of a bit oh yeah they're all like this yeah, yeah but when there's a bit of reality and you can picture yourself that night yeah. i think it, you really buckle down and go no that's yeah, not good yeah. enough yeah absolutely. so i think you do need an audience oh absolutely but but what i would say is that uh, so many previews i've done have been because there's an audience in front of me and it's been a fucking amazing preview it's not the show i'm yeah. not I've, I've not I'm, I'm, I'm all i've achieved is to be able to show off in front of a room full of people and make them like me for an hour yeah i haven't written a show and what, sometimes what you have to do is just like go, I'm not going to pan... It's, uh, as an instinct, as a comedian, you want them to love you. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you, w- when you're previewing, you have to override that and just like go, they're not going to particularly like me for an hour, but I've got five bits that I need to work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. they might be absolutely fucking dreadful, but I've got... To, uh, if I don't do them now, then when the fuck am I going to do yeah. them? And so you just have to like go through it and just like write that, that audience yeah. off for that day and just hope that they're understanding enough about the process of doing it i do think you have to sort of work you have to move away from because i remember like when i used to preview i was so desperate to have a great gig that you'd sort of riff off the fact that something had failed or you'd sort of it, like improvise in the moment and you'd have a better gig but yeah. you'd learn just so much less but do that at the o2 and <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, so like you sort of have to go 
I have to take the hit, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you I'm said, you, just have to take, you have to just take the hit. Yeah, I totally get that. But then this is me giving you advice. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but you're one of my favourite comedians. But, you know, just to put that into context. Why do you, so say, that? Why do you say that sarcastically? You fuck it, you're a fucking, a fucking cunt, Ronald Stranganathan. <laughs> fucking hell. But I, I think that's interesting, though, if you're at the Bill Ma- I would have thought that, does that not go to, like, a mailing list or something? Is it like... I guess so, You don't yeah, get don't. super fans. Yeah, you, you think, think you'd be most excited to go, oh, I want to see it early on and see yeah. what it's like I, at that point. And I'll go, also go and see the tour show. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I tell I you what, so. I did a gig at the Bill Murray this week, right? I've never really particularly had a good gig at the Bill Murray. Right. I've had a couple of good gigs at the Bill Murray. Um, and I haven't done it that much. I, that area, Angel Comedy, up, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> up the road. Yeah. Um... That is like I died on my ass at Angel Comedy, and then I. Uh, but I was only doing like five minutes of kind of like um, we were filming it for a thing, and it was meant to be me having sort of a bad gig. <laughs> right. And then you what, nailed it. But what we'd do is we'd film me in different <laughs> locations, and it'd be me doing the same material and all okay. the different reactions of it. You know, like a Chris Rock thing. Only in South Africa, he dies on his ass. And. Uh, and so, um, so I was doing. I went on Angel Comedy. I did like five minutes, uh, and then a di- they hated me. Right. right, came off stage, and uh, the guy that runs it came back on and he goes, uh, "Well, he was only doing a short set, but would you like to have him back on, guys?" And I was just like, "Don't what? bring me fucking back on! <laughs> Don't bring me! What are you doing? They hated me. Read the room. I mean, literally, read the room, <laughs> not just a, a phrase." Anyway, so I went to the Bill Murray this week. And I went in, and um, the, the the Amanda who does uh, did the thing called Fingers on Buses with Lucy Porter, and Amanda who uh, uh, organised it, Amanda Redmond, um, she was there waiting for me, and she was talking to the woman that runs the Bill Murray, and um, and I was the guest on Fingers on, on Buses, and I, I walked in, and Amanda was there. She turned around, and she gave me a big hug. She said, oh, "You're here." Great, right? We, you know, people were milling around just before yeah. they went on. You're here, great. As I was like, oh, great. Um, yeah, lovely to see you. Kiss on the cheek, you know, and turn around to the woman that she's talking to that runs the Bill Murray. And I said, ah, oh, we've met. And she goes, yeah, we've met. <laughs> and your name is? And I went, oh, it's Nick. No recognition. Nick, Nick Helm. And she goes, great. And do you have a ticket? And I was like, I'm the, I'm the guest. I'm the gu- you run the fucking Bill Murray. It's a fucking purpose-built pub for comedy. You run the fuck. We've met before. You've seen me gig. I'm the fucking. I'm on the fucking poster over there. It says my fucking name. I'm on tonight. You're talking to the woman running the gig. We've just met each other. She said you're here. She gave me a fucking kiss. She's delighted to see me. You run the fucking Bill Murray, and your name is I'm Nick fucking who? There used to be a picture of me in the fucking ladies' toilets for fuck's sake. Fucking hell. So all I can say is Bill Murray can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Be tempted um, to buy a ticket. Yes, one, I mean, please. I'll have a ticket for one, please. <laughs> Fuck me. Are there any tickets left? Okay, yes, one, please. <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, I, 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 I did find. I did find it funny. That's why mm. I've said. I've told it again. But um, uh, I think that. Do you know what? I think that you going to the Bill Murray and somebody saying that I don't like that thing you're doing about the environment, and then you listening to that and taking it on board. I think that's absolutely right because it, that routine is a. It, I'm very much into the environment, and my dad. 
has kind of like been environmental his whole life and mm. it's almost an oppressive degree right and i was just thinking my dad would hate this bit yeah in the previews right and I think that you've done it in a way because I know what you're. I know the point of view that you're coming from. Yes, but it's a case of translating that, isn't it? But that woman. But but that comes from. That should come from doing the stuff and the audience laugh or they don't. Yeah. And then you refine it in that way. It shouldn't Absolutely. come from a woman standing up and saying, "I yeah. can't listen to this yeah. anymore." Yeah, do you yeah, mean? yeah. And and uh, actually, that that is the thing, isn't it? It's kind of like um, uh, I went to see a comedy uh, show. Uh, recently, and a woman started sh- uh, shouting, "I hate this! I hate this!" And went to. Say again. <laughs> went to. Did you? Went, went to. to a comedy show where this happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, as opposed to I was performing it. No, I'm just asking. I'll just clarify. <laughs> I'm being I'm being kind, and okay. I'm not saying whose gig it was. Okay, fine. <laughs> and she was saying, "I hate this! I hate this!" Right? And I was just thinking last night. Why don't you just? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> why don't you just shut up and not laugh? That's how you tell them, person, that you're not enjoying it. Why does your opinion override everyone else's? It was the George Michael bit. Um, why, why did you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> because you said it was my gig, right? But it was just like, why does it? Like, not every bit is for everyone. Yeah. Right. And sure. it's just. But, uh, it, Ideally, when I write a bit, it is for everyone. But yeah. what you learn very fast is it's not for everyone, <laughs> right? Um, but when but someone someone takes like a personal affront to it, and then they're just like, like you go, what right do you have to fucking start shouting out over someone? So I do understand. But, uh, when I what I what I mean about the Bill Murray situation was that um, it's good that you find out that sort of stuff through previews. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but you would have found for, out anyway if it didn't work, right? Yes, I guess so, yeah. But for someone to think that they're more important than the actual process that's going on on stage... Or their, their point of view is that this is so important that that overrides all of the etiquette in that situation. Do you Mind you, how would you feel about someone on stage doing racist material and then someone standing up and walking I'm, out? I'm a it? fan of it. <laughs> what? If somebody, if somebody got up and walked out on principle... Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Is the honest answer to that? I don't. I don't know. It's, diff- it, it, it's sort of your instincts as a comedian is that you sort of think if I found something offensive, I would quietly be offended and then not see that person again. But I don't mm. know. People react how they react, don't they? But you don't feel an extra responsibility because you've got a bigger audience. Do you ever have that kind of? Mm. Or should you? you no, like I don't. I don't think so. I think like. If if I if I was doing a bit in a work in progress and it wasn't working, I was rubbing people up the wrong way. It's then my decision whether I continue doing that or not, and I sort of accept the consequences of yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? And so it's you know if, if I thought this is too contentious to keep doing, then I would change it. But I sort of I don't feel any extra pressure. Sometimes I think you sort of think. What are people coming to this from? Yeah. If they see me like in Mongolia, <laughs> dicking about, and then they've decided to come to a stand-up show, then you sort of think I'm probably I don't know if I'm delivering what they're expecting. You, you know, get you people sort of th- waiting for Rob Beckett to come on with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of that. Yeah. But you're also only ever talking about yourself and what you think. It yes. doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. That's that's the thing I always find about when also when they talk about it, sort of interest talk about John Luke Roberts about it when he's talking about people talking about relatable comedy things are relatable 
But I also like things with people saying things that I completely disagree with. Yeah. And I sort of find that funny sometimes. And some, I think some people do it because they know it's sort of... Um, yeah. That you'll disagree with it. Or you know that character. You buy into the whoever the persona is on stage and you go, I like this. You don't have to agree with them or relate to everything they're saying. Sure, but also you need to sort of like work out why they're doing it. And I go on stage and I pretend to be a cunt uh, to sort of make fun of cunts. And people assume that I'm a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, well... They do. I did for about the first year. <laughs> <laughs> of, of Reluctant Landlord. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is recently. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Which is recently. Fucking... <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. Um, we've, got, we've got time to just... Uh, we're just going to play your song. Uh, so, um, uh, here it is. This is your favourite song. You've let yourself down there, Ron. <laughs> not playing that. Time's precious. That took too long for us to, for yeah, me yeah. to realise what was happening there. Yeah. That was a longer intro than I was expecting. Because for a minute, I've got for a bit. I was thinking, shit, this song doesn't start out. Yeah. It was oh, for a minute. Yeah. For about a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going, what's it? I don't know what this Nick is. Nick was getting so excited because he was the only one that knew what was going on. They knew. We're crying. Oh, funny. Funny stuff. If you're listening on uh, iTunes, it, it was um, well, Messi's favourite song. So, um, uh, what is your favourite uh, film? My favourite film? Because mm. get, people get annoyed when we just talk about comedy. Uh, I, I don't know. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Fuck off. It's a great film. That's that's as good as your favourite song. What? <laughs> what? Mr. Blobby. What's wrong with that film? <laughs> um, I just, I, nothing's wrong with the film, but to have it as your favourite film. Listen, I heard you two wanking on about Emma, knowing that I won't like it, and I, just, you will I didn't like mention it. it. I won't. You will. I won't. You'll fucking love it. Let me tell you something. Well, you will love as it. As I was listening to you, I read reviews, not everybody agrees with you. Uh, and I looked at the content I and the... Read, st- I haven't read a fucking single review of Emma. Okay. Well, I, all I'm saying is I came in here <laughs> willing to... It's just based on my own I came fucking in opinion, here mate. willing to respect your views of that, okay? And I wasn't going to mention it. I wasn't going to bring it up. Then you asked me what my favourite film is. I just said it off the top of my head. <laughs> off the top and of my head. And then you fucking so you attacking me. you haven't given me. it any... Yeah, because I want you to actually think about it instead of just saying the first film that you can fucking think of. Because How you've just seen... This is the first film I can think of. You've seen a bus with Sonic the Hedgehog on it and you think Jim Carrey and you think... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay, that listen, makes me sound right, Okay, it feels a bit like you're inside my head, but, but <laughs> I do really love that film. I could read you like a pamphlet, mate. And not a very long one. Well, I think it's a good film. Maybe not my favourite. I don't know. I don't have a favourite film. Back okay. to the Future. There you go. Yeah, it's, well, it's very on point for us. What do you mean? Well, it's <laughs> the sort of mean? nerdy thing that people assume that we would talk about for ages. Right. I do like it. I think it's brilliant. It's Thanks one of the future. best films ever made. You sound almost nervous about it. The yeah. way you're saying it is if... It's a depressing realisation that people would expect us to talk about right, that sort of thing. Right, okay, sorry. But it is true, it is. Okay, cool. I like this favourite film bit. I've really enjoyed how it's gone. <laughs> 
Why? Do you do this with everyone? You ask them what their favourite film is and then just fucking abuse them? Um, no, but you've set a precedent here today by just coming on and just what being would it, so, Sorry, rude. what other answers have you had from what, people? Uh, well, um, I, I don't really listen when they tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm normally just sort of like waiting to say my own opinion over Right, them. okay, fine. Um, what, what's your favourite film? Have you talked about this at length and this is like... No, a, we've never really talked about it, I don't think. <laughs> 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 um... Oh. It's Miss, difficult, isn't it? Mrs. Brown's Boys <laughs> da movie. Oh. Um, no, my favourite film is uh, maybe uh, Royal Tenenbaums or... Which is, I suppose... Oh, fuck off, mate! I you suppose, cunt! I suppose... You absolute... Royal fucking... Royal fuck you, you piece of shit! I suppose that it's is an nice, equivalent is of Eternal... I don't mind, mate, because I know that you're joking. <laughs> I'm not taking everything at face value. Like you are. Since the fucking... <laughs> fucking... Why is Nick shouting? Have you never seen my fucking act? Is it actually, this is all from passion and from my heart right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. I'm fucking annoyed. About Eternal Sunshine? About you being on the show. Why? You should be, <laughs> listen, listen, you should be fucking grateful I've turned up here and blessed this show yeah, with my presence. Not have a fucking go at me when well, I turn up here. A, a retweet would be nice. Huh? I did retweet it, actually. Yeah, but after, now that you've what done it. What do you mean it, after? Now that you've done you it. You won't get a retweet after, mate. <laughs> absolutely eat a bag of dicks if you're getting a retweet after. This is absolutely, this is absolutely your problem, mate. It's not my problem, actually. It's very much your problem. No, it's... Oh, fucking... He's got me. He has. It is our problem. Oh, it's our problem. <laughs> it's been so nice to have yeah, you. Yeah, thank you so show, much. Rom. It's been really nice. Rom. I'd love to come back on at some point. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Thanks very much. Fucking hell. What's your favourite uh, food? My favourite food? Mm. Uh, I'm very much into... Currently into vegetable gyoza. Oh, yeah. Well, for me, yeah. too. Yeah, I like the ones in it, so yeah, they're mm. good. You know, the old, uh, the dipping sauce is really what makes it. Um, what's the dipping sauce? It's not quite soy. Is that what it's called? No. Oh, is that what your description it's like of it? soy sauce. Correct, yeah, it's but it's, sweet. But it's not quite soy, is Yeah, it? you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that one is, mm. but yeah, it's, it's nice. Um, we went to that fucking... Oh my God, how good was that? Uh, what was it called again? Paradise. 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 Yeah. Uh, opposite the windmill um, and uh, and all the gay uh, um, people, gay shops. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, you know. In, you know. When you go in Soho, you know, and yeah. it has kind of you like all of like the um, the wrestling stuff. That's where I buy my costumes from. So they've got like the wrestling straps, kind <laughs> of like <laughs> fetish gear. Right. Yeah. Oh, whereabouts? What, in what Soho. What street was it? Don't know. Was that Windmill one? Oh, Windmill Mr. Street. Jenkins Review is. Oh, the, uh, no, I think the Raymond Review Bar, yeah, is Raymond it? Yeah, Raymond Review Bar. What, like uh, Windmill Street, is it, probably? Uh, yeah, maybe. Paradise. Hang on, what, what is it? Um... It's the Sri Lankan restaurant. Oh, OK, OK. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think this whole description of where it is has gone well. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed that. Check it out. I'm Check just glad it, it went out on air. <laughs> I'd be sorry if anyone missed it. <laughs> I don't, Afterwards, I, don't... I have gone. I mean, I could just ask after. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted to know yeah. now, didn't you? <laughs> did. You really, you just wouldn't let it go. Yeah. Uh, Piccadilly Circus is the nearest tune. <laughs> right. um, um, but, but, but I don't. Um, are all restaurants do your more of a foodie than I am. Um, do all the restaurants... How much of a foodie are you, Nat? Not really. All restaurants are doing this thing where you don't book now. I hate that. It's so annoying. 
But I would like to know, if I'm hungry, I'll go into a restaurant, yeah. and if they can't seat me, I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. I don't want to go into a restaurant that I really I want to go to, and then go, we can seat you in 45 minutes. Because then you go, I do want to eat here, but I am hungry now. Yeah. And also, you're actually adding an hour onto my night, where I've just now got to fill. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, go off somewhere, and we've got a thing now where we can text you. But it's like, you've got to stay within, like... I know, and, then I, start, and, then, and then I can't help panicking when the text arrives. Yeah. I think they're going to give you table away. <laughs> Come on, finish up. It's it's like, run, run, run. That's what we did, didn't we? we yeah, went, we did. And they said, "Oh, about half an hour," and so yeah. we went around the corner for a, for a pint. Yeah, we sat down with full pints, and then yeah. they texted you and said, "We're ready." And yeah. it was just like they've given us like five minutes, so we downed our pints yeah. and we went Felt to queasy. The and try to eat Because you were driving later, so you yeah. could only have one drink. Yeah, and I absolutely and wolfed so that he, down. He downed, he said, I'll have a pint, please. Yeah. Uh, this is my one drink of the night. You yeah. downed it, Abs- and then yeah. um, it was incredible. But the food was great. Mm. We ate vegan, didn't we? You didn't. Yeah, I had... No, you said ate, you were going to, but then you... And then, then you, I had you, an ice cream at the end. Yeah, so that's not vegan, but is I, it? I, well, every, well, the main meal was vegan. Okay, but you didn't say that. You said we went. We were vegan. What? Well, we weren't. Well, when we were going to discuss it... Right. It, I would have, it would have emerged at some point that I'd had an ice cream at the okay. end. You had a coconut-based ice cream. I had a you? coconut sorbet, mm. yeah. co- coconut and chilli or something, with... And they put olive oil on it. Does that? Have you had that before? No. Anything like that? Sounds unacceptable, doesn't it? Tastes delightful. Well, I guess and ice cream ice must cream, have fat in it, right? I didn't, yeah. enjoy, I didn't enjoy my ice cream. No. Uh, it, face, it tasted, um, you know, like dairy. You know, sometimes that was the irony of it, Nat, is that he, he fell at the last hurdle mm. and, and then regretted his it. decision. I did regret it. But mm. the fucking food was amazing, yeah. wasn't it? Although we ordered, uh, I would argue, way too much dal to be comfortable after no, the meal. No, the dal was the best bit. I, I know, think, but we ordered too and much I of think it. Actually, no, but we ordered too much of everything else. I think that the dal really, in hindsight, does eclipse the quality yeah. of all the other food. All the food was good, but the best thing was the dal. I think it's worth popping in there just for a dal and a sorbet. The yeah. hoppers. Oh, yeah, hoppers were good. The hoppers. So you get dal and a hopper, which yeah. is sort of like it's <clears throat> a pancake thing that's made on the back of a ladle. Yeah. How do you make it? It's like a round They've dish. Got like, I think they just spread it around like a, a bowl. A bowl. Uh, my mum was very upset uh, about me going to paradise and enjoying it because Why? she doesn't like the idea of any other Sri Lankan food being good. Okay. Like, like she, she sort of felt threatened. Or inauthentic, is it? If it's like yeah, she, I sort of said to her, I went, to, I went with Nick to this really nice um, Sri Lankan restaurant. She goes, oh, really? <coughs> so what was it that was so good? <laughs> so then I sort of told her some of the stuff. She goes, that sound okay but she came round about 10 minutes like half an hour later she'd already googled the restaurant looked at the menu started telling me what she thought was wrong with it yeah but you should have told her that the company was excellent I, I did tell her that I did tell her that but she's not she's not threatened by that oh because um, I went to Sri Lanka I know you did and yeah. I went to a really uh, where did I go to I went to Gaul mm. and it's quite a touristy place and you would be on the hunt for Sri Lankan food because I love Travelling with my tongue. <laughs> Especially on Valentine's Christ. Day. <clears throat> and um, when, when I... Horrible, went, horrible I know, thing to say. I know, it gave me an innie. Um, <laughs> it's crawled right back up into my body. Um, it's like I've got two belly buttons. 
Um, so <laughs> not long now, not long now. <laughs> but I went to Sri Lanka, and all the food yeah. was and cool. It was uh, you'd go out there, and you'd be like, "I really would like some authentic Sri Lankan food," and they'd say, "Absolutely, come and sit down." Mm. We've got coconut prawn curry. Yeah, uh, we've got Thai green curry. We've got pizza, bangers, and mash, <laughs> fish and chips. And you'd be like, "Well, I'll have a coconut prawn curry then." Yeah, and then you go to the next place, and you'd be like. Can I get some Sri Lankan food? And they go, yeah, we've got coconut prawn curry, <laughs> spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> and you'd be going, I'll have a coconut prawn curry then, yeah. please. And then you go to the next place where okay, we've got coconut prawn curry. I think uh, we've got chicken chow mein. <laughs> you'd be like, going, I'll have a coconut prawn curry. And you get to the next place and then you go, just have a pizza, please. <laughs> I'm a bit coconut prawn curried out now. I do think Sri Lanka, my experience of Sri Lanka is that they are. Sri Lanka food is great, but they are one of the worst places for appropriating other countries' dishes. Like, they do it really badly, It was don't sad, they? because it's there really was horrible. huge tables of uh, Russian tourists that yeah. were just eating pasta. Right. And you go, we're on the fucking beach. Why, yeah, are, yeah. why is this happening? And, but they're catering for it. And yes. All I wanted was Sri Lankan food. And mm. when we went to Paradise... We got it. We got it, and you yeah. go. This is what I wanted when I was there. Do you want to remind there? you exactly where it was, Nat, or you remember from yes, last time? Yes, please. If you could just, it was just where map. it's where Nick gets his uh, okay, fetish costumes. Fetish gear, yeah. right? Yeah, I know the one. Just opposite there. Just opposite okay. there. So, we're going to play the game now. Okay, this is the game, right? It's, uh, it's called Better or Worse, and you have to say whether the next person is better or worse, based entirely on my own opinion. Beginning what? with what? Yep. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's a game. Uh, Beginning with Diana Ross. Okay. Is Paul Ross better or worse than Diana Ross, based on my opinion? Based on your opinion, mm-hmm. better. Uh, better. Diana Ross is better. Paul Ross is worse. Oh. Correct. Is Paul Newman better or worse than Paul Ross? Better. Paul Newman is better. Better. Yeah. Is Rosie Perez better or worse than Paul Newman? Worse. Worse. Why are you? T- why are you, t- are you I always do well? that. Have you have you never listened to the show? No, not this bit. We'll just fucking get on. No. Not this bit. Not any of it, mate. <laughs> you, I don't know, you've looked like a fucking you... rabbit in the headlights the entire hour you've been here. <laughs> it's Rosie O'Donnell better or worse than Rosie Perez? Worse. Uh, worse. Worse. Yeah. Is Chris O'Donnell better or worse than Rosie O'Donnell? Better. 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 Yeah, I think better. Is Chris Evans, Captain America, Chris Evans, mm. better or worse than Chris O'Donnell? Better. Uh, better? Better. Is Chris Evans, Ginger Productions, TFI Friday, mm-hmm. better or worse than Chris Evans, Captain America? Worse. Or worse? Worse, yeah. Is Chris Pine better or worse than Chris Evans? Better. Better? Better, yeah. Is Chris Pratt better or worse than Chris Pine? Oh, fuck. Mm, better. I'm going to say he's worse. Oh. It's like the one it's, time I went out on my own. <laughs> it's Chris Rock. Better or worse than Chris Pratt? Better. Better? Better, yeah. That's oh a good score, God, I think. Oh, my God, that's an incredible score. Eight. He got nine. He got nine. He got nine. He got not, which, which one did he get wrong? He got... He didn't get the first one wrong. No, he didn't. He got nine. Nine, that's a nine. Fucking hell, mate. You, oh, that's a good one. Score. We've not had a ten this season. Right. Fucking, what happens now then? Well, now I read out who you're <laughs> good at. So, <laughs> so you scored uh, nine, which is as good as Tom Crowley, Reese James, and Marshall Julius. But and uh, you're even better than Omar Alaboy, Paul Cannon, Nick Assembly, and Naomi McDonald, Dan Schreiber, Jasmine, Therese with eight. 
Kevin Allison, Jodie Costa, Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffith, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, Kim Newman, Morgan McGlynn, Juliet Sear, The Last Skeptic, David Trent, Toby Williams, Mark Watson with seven, Bronte Barbe, Jay Foreman, Will Jackson, Ginger Johnson with six, and <laughs> bringing up the rear, original flavour with five. That's a shame. They were lovely boys. Um, so, um, we've got a minute to kill. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to plug your show? No. Um, I don't know. Got you don't any, want anyone got any telly coming up? No. No. It sort of sells itself at this stage, doesn't it? What do you mean? The telly. You don't really need to go on and say. Oh, they I'm do no, but you do you do you're supposed to, yeah. But yeah, I don't. But you don't. No, I do when I've got something out, but I haven't got anything out. I'm yeah. all, you know. Yeah. I'm just sort of all about the road game now, you know. Sure. You did uh, so. You didn't do any acting before you did um, Reluctant Landlord, or much acting, did you? I was in Holby City. Well, yeah, yeah. And you did a short as well, didn't you? I did. Oh no, yeah, I did a short. No, I'm not bringing it up. But then you've no, just you're been bringing in, it up. It's literally just been, what you did. But you've done a little bit, a bit here and there. But then yeah. you've just done King Gary, haven't you? I have done King Gary. Yeah. How was, what's it like being in someone else's thing? I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, yeah. Tom's nice. Yeah, he's brilliant on set, isn't he? What are you, what's going on? <laughs> I'm literally just. I'm, I, I'm, How do you think I was? Why don't you just take this at fa- face Why out? do you think I was on set? I thought you were fine. Um, but, 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 what, but, but not Tom great. Is, Tom you said Tom's incredible. great. Tom knows everyone's name. And, right. you know, you go, we've got to do a take. Where's Tom? I knew Tom? people's names. We've got to do a take. Where's Tom? And Tom will be out handing sandwiches around. And you'll be like, you're meant to be in front of the camera, mate. Right, right, right. He's, he's incredible. So I wasn't up there, was uh, I? No, you were great. You were absolutely no, great. You said fine. You were great. I've got to wrap this up. I know, but. Thanks for coming in, Ron. We've been trying to get you for ages, and you absolutely crushed it. Uh, you can't see the uh, inverted comments that I'm doing on the radio, but fucking hell. Uh, good luck with your tour. <laughs> What's the song that we're playing? Yeah. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.